well, I know there's only one film you're looking forward to this year. Oh, hard as iron for it, mate, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode 186 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, this is the entertainment show for July 2019, and so, of course, I am joined once again by the man with the freshest balls in podcasting. It's Chris. Oh, hello. Hello. And they are very fresh indeed, thanks to Below the Belt. Below the belt grooming. You can't. I have been getting lots of inquiries from people about this since I've been sort of like, you know, talking about it and putting it on Twitter and whatever. Uh, and people say, you know, how can it work? How does it work? And I'm just saying, look, it's just like magic. You put it on in the morning, you know, if it's a particularly warm day. You, by the end of the evening, they'll be as fresh as a daisy and as dry as any. Well, not dry, you know, but they'll still be, they'll still be moist, but, yeah. you know. They won't be chafing, but they'll just be <laughs> fresh. It's awesome. Which is what you know what you want from your balls, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and because they come in different sort of like varieties, you know, there's one active, there's one. I think it's called fresh. Um, you know, they have the, the distinctive kind of smell as well. So one's sort of like a. I think one of them's like a well get this Kay describes it as uh you know when i put the cream on she said oh are your balls minty fresh <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know <laughs> she still won't put them in her mouth though which, <laughs> uh, but you know it's one of those things so anyway uh, hey you are you all right dear sir you are you okay? Yes, not too bad. Um, my balls are not as fresh as yours, obviously. I haven't tried that grooming yet. Um, I, I wish they'd respond to us, you know. I've, I've emailed, I think we said this before, I've emailed them and said, come on, let us promote you. And tweeted them and they've they've never replied, not even to a tweet. The bastards. You think, though, I mean, I, I can understand, you know, a lot of companies would would ignore you because you know who, who the hell are you and all that mm. kind of stuff. Um, but but it, it's kind of like, well, you think they sell a ball cream product? Yeah. It's like how serious do you want to take yourself? Um, if, you, if you look at the way they advertise themselves on Twitter, they've got like a real similar sense of humour to us, you know. Yeah. You know they take the piss. They're about. They always put pictures of like sweaty balls and shit on there. It's like yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um. But yeah, so anyway, come on, below the belt, you know, pull your socks off. Get on board with us, for God's sake. Anybody listening, yeah. tweet them, tell just them. Just tweet them, yeah. Tweet them, just at, say... what is it, at BTB Grooming. Tweet them, say, hook up with 60 Minutes With. Yeah, you know, we're not asking for anything. Well, no, we don't. That's the thing. And I emailed and said, we don't want money. We don't even want free products or anything. We want to promote you. And if you want to give, you know, even like a 5% discount to listeners through a code or whatever... And, you know, we'll help promote you, which we're still doing now, even though the buggers just ignore us. Yes. Well, that's my mission for the rest of the year is just to just to bother them constantly. Yeah. Maybe, just like... maybe you should tweet pictures of your fresh balls to them, mate. <laughs> yes, that's one way to get kicked off Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Tell yeah. Kay she has to put them in her mouth for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> 
well, I could always try. <laughs> uh, don't know how far I'd get, but um, but yeah, that I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Well, yes, that I'll, and put them in in her mouth or try to. <laughs> Maybe I'll just do it while she's asleep. But then there's the concern and worry, you know, that sort of like involuntary kind of like you know Ooh, jaw reflex. You've got to be careful. The thing, it's funny you should say that, mate, because I had to be that careful. When you stopped here the other week, when I dropped my balls into your mouth when you were asleep, <laughs> I know, and you were so gentle, Dave. I didn't even notice the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, and the fact <laughs> I thought they weren't even minty fresh. You know, the the slight whiff may well wake him up, but it didn't. Yeah, I, the, the th weird thing is as well, you wouldn't have had to squat that far, you know, because they're sort of hanged down by your knees. <laughs> I could have just swung them from over my shoulder where they're normally kept and just take you around the face with them. Yeah, it'd be yeah. like Indiana Jones swinging on his whip. You know, he's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sh we should say to everybody listening that yeah, you did you did come here, and uh, stay the night, and there was other people as well. Yeah, I wondered where you were going with that. Then I was thinking, <laughs> where's he going with this? Yeah, there'll uh, be more yes. pictures on the podcast now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, uh, that was that was good. Um, you know, I, I don't get to see you as often as I'd like, uh, considering we only live probably an, an hour or so away yeah, from yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yes, we did, uh, and there was a special reason why I came, wasn't there? Yeah, Jerry from the Bad Cop Bad Cop Show, uh, and his good lady Connie. We're visiting the UK for 10 days and they spent a couple of days up this way. Uh, and yeah, we all got together. There was me and Tina and you and Jerry and Connie sat in the back garden um, with podcast mascot Bodie, of course. Mm. And uh, yeah, just chewing the fat for an evening. Yeah, and that was really cool. Very mm. surreal, you know. Um, uh, when we went to, was it the spa or co-op? Uh, yeah, to we get, went to the co-op, didn't we? Yeah, To get, get some drinks and stuff. And just, it's like... I'm walking around the spa with Jerry from America. You know, <laughs> this is weird. Um, he's in Chirk. What's, what's going on? Yeah. Um, but no, it was very cool. And, uh, and, and you know, he's lovely. Um, d d I'm sure he'll hate me for saying this. Despite his, uh, his podcast persona, you know, of, um, offending people and hating everybody. Uh, but no, he's lovely. And so he's Connie as well. So it was great, you know, and, and we had a good ch chin wag. Luckily, the weather is, was nice at the time. So we all sat in your garden, didn't mm. we? And yeah, it was good. Just had some lovely food uh, made by uh, by Tina. And and I had lots of carling. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you drink, isn't it? You know, we're sophisticated yes. gentlemen like myself. <laughs> Let's have a can of carling. Yeah. Yeah, And we should uh, tell everybody to keep listening until the very end of the show. Well, there's probably a couple of things going to be added on to the very end of this show. One of them is me, you and Jerry recording sat here together in the very room where I'm sat now. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to listening back to that because obviously when you're recording something, uh, you know, I haven't listened to it yet. So and it was, you know, it's cool to do that as well. So and Jerry grabbed my knee. <laughs> he almost we well, could say he molested you almost well you know <laughs> i didn't say uh, I, I didn't say no but uh bite him off <laughs> i think you were getting a bit too excited though to well, I, was, I was getting ready to film it it was like yeah. too good to me um yeah. and so um yeah it's all right I, you know I, i've just had flashbacks of your balls then for some reason and <laughs> you know in uh i think it's the series of um, I see. I'm Alan Partridge, where he stays in the hotel. Yeah, and the, this is where he's got those really tight 
shorts on. Oh my and, god, yeah. And Lynn, his assistant's there talking to him, and she keeps she just keeps saying, "You've popped out again, Alan." And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's what I was thinking." Because you did have shorts on, didn't you? Um, yeah, I did. I did have shorts on. I I am not going to tell you what Tina did to you while you were asleep. That's that's just going to stay a secret. I wondered why my face was a bit sort of you know <laughs> sticky when I woke up in the morning. <laughs> Oh, how is your doggy anyway? The, My, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, your doggy loved me. It's fair to say he's, he did, didn't he? He, did, he, yeah. he wouldn't leave me alone. And he, he doesn't love everybody. He's really shy and skitty, and normally runs away from people and, and hides. But now he really talked to you. Yeah, he did, didn't he? And uh, we had a lovely stroke and cuddle. And um, but he's not been well, has he? The poor, the poor lad. <laughs> he hasn't. No, just uh, just yesterday he had his cone of shame taken off, which he's had for. Uh, I think a week and a half, we had to have an emergency visit to the vets, which was unfortunately on a Sunday, which mm. was straight off the bat before anything was done. It was 120 quid before yep. they even looked at him, which was like, oh, OK. But, you know, the, you know, we look at it, you know, they're not pets. They, they aren't members of the family. We love them just as much. So, you know, if they're ill, if it was your kids, you'd take them to the hospital, hospital, wouldn't you? You know, even if it cost 120 quid, you wouldn't think about it. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we, we took him and uh, yeah, the end result was he'd got um, a pretty nasty abscess on his arsehole. <laughs> yeah, not pleasant for him or us uh, because he couldn't poo. And so just like leaky watery poo kept dripping out everywhere mm. and he kept licking it which was making oh. it worse uh, and then of course because he loves us he wanted to lick us as well oh, with his pooey God. tongue <laughs> so i hope nobody's eating listening to this jesus uh so yeah he's been on antibiotics he's been on this special paste to help his belly and he's had this cone of shame which we took off uh yesterday and he's very happy indeed now he's mm. a lot better yeah it's got to be so demeaning for dogs, isn't it? You know, to have and cats, to be fair, I guess. The, um, but cats are little shitbags, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's so demeaning for for an animal to have something like that around the red. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's. I mean, I bet your vet was wringing his hands together, wasn't he? he was when it on thinking, oh, like a Sunday call. Yes, one hundred and twenty quid, and I've done fuck all so far. <laughs> <laughs> but and also, um, I mean. Uh, people who listen to the ABC of gaming know that we, well, I say we, my mom had to have uh, her two dogs put down mm-hmm. earlier this year within the space of about three or four months of each other because they were both roughly about the same age. And it's not nice, like you said, going through that kind of situation. And um, But also the, you know, the, the, the cost as well. I mean, I think it was about £240 to a, uh, have the dog euthanized is yeah. the word they use um you know they don't say let's have him put down yeah uh, yeah but uh, and then sort of like you know to because my mom wanted him cremated as well and she didn't again you know this is you know uh, something that my mom it was my, my mom's choice and so you know but she didn't want him uh cremated with other dogs yeah um, like you know, I can imagine she she didn't want him bunged in the fire with all the others, and so, <laughs> so uh, it was kind of like you know, I guess that's what bumps the cost up and everything. But yeah, yeah about, about two hundred and forty quid, and then um, yeah, so it's not fun, is it? When the when you oh no, it is. You know, it's stressful for them and us, and I think uh, having your dog uh, 
euthanized, as you said. That's I had to do that with one of my dogs, and it's the worst thing. It really is driving your dog there, knowing that it's going to be put down, yeah. and then like holding it as it happens, and the inject it and go, you know, just disappears in front of your eyes. Oh, that is the worst thing. I'd rather I would rather wake up, you know, and found you know that your pet's like passed away in its sleep or something than than have to do that. But then again, you know, you can't let them suffer, can you? So if if you've got to do it, you've got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, it's an unfortunate um, fact of life, isn't it? One of those things. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants to see poor little podcast mascot Bodie with his cone of shame, both and, and before and after, just go to our Instagram account. Plenty of pictures on there. Yeah. Mm. As well as the the one leg up. That's a, that's a separate Instagram though, isn't oh, it? On screen leg up, mate. You know yeah. what? It's been a bit quiet recently. I've been I don't know. It's probably a couple of weeks since I've watched anything where anybody's give a leg up. Which has been oh. quite disappointing, yeah. Yeah, I, I I must admit I do kind of keep an eye open for it, but then I I, I forget to put. I'm not on Instagram. I used to be, but uh, I'll have to send you a picture whenever I see one, and then I'll just yeah, you can stick it up, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've got I've got a couple of things before we get onto like the usual stuff that we do Ooh. on these shows. Yeah, the first one it's a little bit maybe a little bit of a mini rant in a way. Oh, in a way. Uh, just a gentle rant. Uh, remember, we give away so much stuff on our Twitter account uh, with you know DVDs, Blu-rays, video games, everything. And uh, I started a month and a half, two months ago. I wanted to give stuff away to people that listen to the podcasts and yeah. not just random people on Twitter. Because like I've said before, you know, it's everybody that follows us on Twitter doesn't listen to the podcasts. And again, I've got no problem with that. But I'd really like to give something back to the people that take the time to listen to us. So the first thing that I gave away uh, was the Chernobyl Blu-ray. And all people that, you know, that listen to the podcast, all they had to do was email us. They didn't even need to put anything in the email, you know. It's But if you wanted to, you could do Three people emailed us about it. <laughs> the winner was Postman Gav because, mm. and they're drawn at random. Um, whoever's the first to email us gets assigned number one and all the way down, which didn't take too much to keep a note of because there was three. And then they go to random.org and then it generates a random number between one and whatever number you want. So in this case, one and three. So it was the, the number come up Postman Gav won Chernobyl. Uh, okay. So then I did the competition where we gave away four Judd Apatow Blu-rays. Now, I gave these away one at a time on Twitter, but I thought, no, podcast listeners, they deserve more. One listener can win all four of them. Uh, so I mentioned that, and we didn't even get a single email. <laughs> so what I did is one of the other people that emailed us for the Chernobyl one was Stephen Bull. So I emailed him and said, look, You've won these. I'll explain everything on the entertainment show. Send me your address. So he's won those. Um, so what I've decided I'm going to do, I'm going to still give one more go to try and give podcast listeners like free stuff. But I'm sticking because it's mostly Blu-rays and DVDs that we give away. I'm only going to do them on these entertainment shows. So everybody listening to this, you've got a chance of winning stuff on one condition. I'm not going to run another competition unless I get at least 10 emails from this show saying I want to win something. That's all you've got to do. 
And if I don't get 10 emails, all the free shit's going to the Twitter followers. So, <gasps> and yeah, this is the one chance entertainment show listeners have got now. Just show, show me you want some free stuff. And let's see if we can get 10 responses. If we do, we'll use these entertainment shows and we'll give away, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays. And nine times out of ten, it's Blu-rays. Even we've given away box sets. We've given away Blu-ray, huge box sets of stuff worth hundreds of pounds. So, yeah, there we go. Mm, playing hardball now, aren't you, Oh, Dave? that's it now. No fucking messing with me now. Yeah, don't fuck with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the plus side, though, uh, yesterday, I think I'm right in saying, Sean Cullen tweeted us, uh, and long-time listeners that have been with me since 80s Picture House, you may well remember the World Tour page on the 80s Picture House website, which is where we sent 80s Picture House podcasts to anybody in the world. You took it wherever you go, and you took a picture uh, of the postcard with, I don't know, Mount Everest in the background or something. Um, and you could be in the background with it if you wanted to. Not everybody wants to be in a picture, but if you if you did, you could. Uh, so Sean Cullen posted a picture yesterday that he took five years ago holding the 80s Picture House um, postcard, mm. but he did it after we shut everything down. So it never got used. Sorry, Sean. Uh, but it did make me think, maybe we should do something similar for us. So as I speak, our webmeister, Michael Oglesby, is working on a world tour page for our website there's going to be an interactive map where you can you know you can zoom in and out of the entire world and there's going to be pins on there so somebody we send out the i'm going to send out i'm not doing postcards because it's too fucking expensive but i've got a load of 60 minutes with business cards if you want one let me know i'll post you a business card uh keep it with you in your wallet it's easier to carry around than a postcard obviously and if you go somewhere you think could be interesting take a picture of it if you want you in it as well Email it to us. I'll put it onto this interactive map, and then pins will start appearing worldwide. Hopefully, if you know people start doing it with us, uh, you can hover your mouse over the pin, and it'll give a description of where it is uh, and who sent it. And then you click on the pin, and it shows the photograph. Mm. Mm, it's really good. Like, yeah. he, uh, he showed Michael showed me sort of you know like a beta version of it this afternoon. It looks really good. Oh, awesome. Uh, I remember doing that. Uh, I think I was standing outside the Molyneux in Wolverhampton. You were. God, yeah, I remember that one, yeah. So, yeah, uh, you did get quite a few of those. We, but... got, we got loads worldwide from across the UK, obviously, and Europe and America and Australia, Australia, Australia and New Zealand and Tasmania and all over the place. Yeah, it was good. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully this will take off and it'll be a, a nice little fun addition to the website. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's it before we get to the usual stuff that we do. Unless you've got anything else, mate. No, no. Is that the end of your old man rants? Is yeah, I didn't. I didn't go too ranty on this one. I just wanted to, you know, give people a gentle kick up the bottom to a gentle nudge. Come on, for fuck's sake, people! It's free stuff. Free stuff that I want to give you. Let, yeah. let me know that you're out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just easy for people to retweet stuff, isn't it? That's the thing. Well, but... yeah. The th I mean, our Twitter numbers have gone up loads and loads because that's all you've got to do. You just you just press retweet and nothing else. I tried to do it on Twitter with the competitions of send us a picture of something or I don't know respond to us with a bit of writing, but nobody would do it if it's not just retweet. You don't get anything back in return. Mm. 
but but of course our listeners are, are different to that they're more special they are very they special are. they're special lo- very special <laughs> <laughs> and we have to look after their special needs don't we and try to give them things <laughs> <laughs> yes we do <laughs> so come on then last warning 10 10 people email me and i'll start giving away stuff on these entertainment shows uh, and with that let us just take a little break before we come back with uh, yeah the usual shit Excuse me, you guys want some free money? I'm giving away money today. Free money? Do I gotta lay the stacks on the table? Do you want some free money, sir? Doesn't want free money. You look like you're gonna rob somebody. You want some free money? I thought this was gonna be an easy video to film. The one video I don't have to stage. Nobody wants free money. Right then, Chris, I'm gonna start this off uh, by asking you a couple of questions, okay? Ooh, go right. on. Okay then. How would you like, uh, between three sometimes four times a week having the chance of winning up to 75,000 pounds that sounds pretty good yes i would like that yeah now how does it sound to you if i tell you you can have those three to four times a week of winning up to that amount it's not going to cost you a penny that sounds even better well here we go Uh, i'm waiting for the catch though there is no catch that's the good thing there is no catch i am recommending to people uh and i should begin this by saying i fucking hate horse racing even though like on abc of gaming a few a few months ago i was like addicted to far lap that horse racing game i've got no time for horse racing whenever you say far lap i always think of something else and and it's (laughs) flap Flap. i was addicted to flap there's a flap uh, flaps and there's a word before it which i'm not going to say uh rhymes with runt uh, <laughs> sorry whenever you say far lap i always immediately start thinking of something else yeah. <laughs> because it rhymes with it you know far lap oh and i runt got flap <laughs> i got a platinum trophy for playing with them as well mate oh i bet yeah. you did yeah <laughs> um this is an app um i'm it's only in the UK that you can do this, uh, unfortunately. So everybody listening in, in the UK, here's your chance to win some money for free. Uh, it's the, and I remember this from like ages ago. I thought it wasn't a thing anymore. It's the ITV7 app. Now, it was a mate of mine that got me onto it and I downloaded it. And uh, all you do, like th- three to sometimes four times a week, you pick seven horses that they give you the races that you've got to pick a horse from. Mm-hmm. If you get all seven winners, you win whatever it is. I mean, I think today's is fifty thousand pounds is the top prize. Now and again, it's been seventy-five thousand. Usually during the week, it's one thousand pounds. So if you're the only person that gets seven winners, it's all to yourself. It's not cost you a penny. No catch. No nothing. Okay. Um, if say I don't know five people pick all seven, well then five people share that prize. One of the good things about it is you can set up leagues. Now, my mate who got me onto it, we've got a little league between us. And it shows you a weekly league, a monthly league, and an all-time league. And I thought, just for a bit of fun between listeners, if you want to join a league that I've set up called 60MW Podcast, if you download the ITV7 app, uh, I've got Android. I'm presuming it's available on iOS. I'd be surprised if it isn't. Uh, And you go search for leagues... If you type in the code KTH210, and I'll put that up on the podcast notes as well, mm-hmm. it'll join you into the league. So just as a bit of a laugh between us all, you'll see 
you know, each, and it even breaks it down to each race. So you can see, or oh, today's race, so-and-so came first. They picked more. I've been close. I once, it shows you how many winners you have, how many horses are placed and how many horses are not placed. So at the seven races, the closest that I've been, I had four winners, two placed and one nowhere. That's the closest that I've been so far. Mm. But it was a bit of fun. And it only takes, it literally, it takes a minute, not even a minute just to pick your horses. Because I don't look at form and study all yeah. that shit. I just go to the names, you know, more than anything. <laughs> and um, But it gives you, you know, three to four chances a week of winning a shitload of money for free. Now, obviously, when you start the, the app, it's, you know, after you've done your selection, it says, well, do you want to put a bet on? Because it's something, it's, it's linked in with Skybet somehow. Mm. Do you want to put a couple of quid on these with Skybet? Uh, you don't even need to press no or anything like that. It's really, it's not, you know, intrusive with the way that it throws stuff at you. You just pick your horses and that's it. So, yeah, anybody that wants to download it, have a free chance of some cash here in the UK uh, and have a bit of fun joining the league, do that. That sounds awesome. Mm. I'm going to do that as soon as you put it up on the podcast, uh, on the website, and I can see the code and all that because I can't remember what you just said. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do it because that do is it, crazy. Man. I love it, yeah. Um, I d- sometimes I forget, you know, and that's fine, but you've always got another chance in another, you know, couple of days at most. Pick seven horses, and you never know. You might, you could be the only winner for like seventy-five thousand pounds, fifty thousand pounds. You don't know. I'm so excited now. (laughs) (laughs) Surely that's going to be one of the best recommendations I've given. Is that one? That's Uh, awesome. Yeah, Yeah. I would. I would love people to join. You know, if you do do that, please join uh, the league that I've set up just for a bit of fun, and you know, we can. We can discuss it maybe on you know each entertainment show and, and and say if anybody got close, maybe somebody might win. Yeah, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be really cool. Wow, mm. awesome! Uh, yeah, I, why have I not heard of this before? That this this sounds incredible. So, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have known about it unless my mate told me, mate. You know, I th- I really did think the ITV Seven was you know, it sort of died in the eighties or something. I've got no mm. idea. Yeah, I'm going to download it now in preparation mm. for for when you put the stuff on the on the website. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, on to more traditional recommendations podcasts. Uh, of course, as always, the Wilder Ride, uh, who are not quite on a sabbatical at the moment. They did finish season two, which was about Blazing Saddles. Um, they have had uh, some. Po- they're doing some podcasts about the Big Lebowski, of which episode one was free. Episode two, I think you need to be subscribed to their Patreon to get it, if I remember rightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're still going. And as a peep behind the curtain, mate, we have put the feelers out for getting. You know, Alan and or Walt on an entertainment show with us. Oh, yeah. Mm. That'll be good. I listened to your little bonus episode that you did uh, where yeah, you appeared yeah. on Alan's radio station. Um, and, God, Alan's so slick, isn't he? Oh, he's so he's he, so good. He's the consummate professional, mate. He's really, oh, really good. He is a brilliant radio host he's just you know like now i mean you know i've been podcasting for what seven years or so mm-hmm. and you know you still get the um and yeah yeah you know you kind of like you trip over your words yeah God, yeah, yeah he's so amazing isn't he i'm so jealous of him <laughs> he's he's got he's got that the x factor mate he's got the x factor he, oh he's he? got a, he's got the voice doesn't he oh he's got the voice as well he's you know he's, he's you know he's got all of the chops for audio broadcasting that's for sure <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the Wilder Ride definitely uh, always recommend them. Looking forward to season three, uh, and we mentioned Jerry earlier. 
the Bad Cop Backup Show is back. Mm. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to listen to the first episode yet. But it's I... very good, mate. It's like they've never been away. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but because uh, I think Dave's gone on holiday. So today, uh, Jerry's been busy. I think he's put up about eight of the previous shows. Um, I think they call it, I don't know if they call him like remasters or best ofs kind mm. of things. You know what I mean? So um, just, yeah, if you've missed out on the Bad Cop, Bad Cop show, I'm sure you'll, you'll not for the easily affected. Ended, I have to say. Uh, yeah, that just needed to be pointed out. Yeah, if <laughs> definitely, if you're easily offended or even mediumly offended, don't listen because they do sort of push the envelope. But if you don't mind, you know, explicit language and talk that will go to the deepest, darkest rabbit holes, but is really fucking funny, um, mm. then yeah, please listen to them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, it is good, mate. It is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, then I've got um, the usual TV documentaries, movies, and double dip. Well, uh, seeing as you've mentioned YouTube stuff in the past, I've got a YouTube channel to recommend as well to Ooh, people. Okay. Um, and this is if you search for Corridor Crew, um, they've currently got 2 million subscribers. I don't know how I uh, stumbled across this, but uh, the, one of the videos, they, they're they visual effects artists, and mm. so they uh, do videos on uh, VFX artists react to bad and great CG, you know, and then they'll, they'll, they've done different uh, series. They've done some on Marvel. They've done some on, you know, different things. They've done some on t- to trailers, you know, whatever. And so they have a laugh and a joke but what they do do is they go into detail as well about sort of like how things are done which i find really fascinating you know because we've talked about cg in the past you know and and how it can be good um if it's not sort of like too in your face and it's well done and then there's like just full-on cg which just you know you can tell it's cg and you just kind of you know you, you check out the film because it just it doesn't look real um so they go into detail about how stuff's done but it's done in such an entertaining way and the videos are usually about 16 minutes long that kind of thing um so there's check them out they've they also do uh they've done a couple now where um vfx artists react to stunts and they've got a stunt man on and so like they, they talked about different films i think what mission impossible the latest mission impossible they talk about that fight scene that they did in the bathroom you've seen the latest mission impossible film mm-hmm. i think yeah. Yeah, yeah um you know and that fight scene looks really brutal and full-on doesn't it and they kind of break it down and they slow things down frame by frame <laughs> so that you can see like you know where all the hits are and everything else but some even some of the more extreme stunts you know like the asian uh sort of like stuntmen uh you know do martial arts movies and things like that how it's done and so on one hand they take the piss um but i don't think they do it in a nasty horrible way but then they go into detail and they also appreciate you know the really good sort of cg uh and how it all works so yeah check that one out it's really good i'm really pleased that i've discovered it and um they do all sorts of videos but those are the ones that interest me the most the ones about visual effects and then the stuntmen stuff so yeah i've been watching a few of those i saw the mission impossible one and that fight scene in the bathroom where you think what is hard tiles and then you see Tom Cruise's knee sink into the foam floor. Yeah. Which yeah. was like, holy shit, I've never noticed that before. Yeah. And I watched the one with the Scorpion King where they changed the rock's face uh, on it. it was a really good one. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is. It's a cracking channel, mate. That is. It's really entertaining. 
It is, isn't it? So mm. I'm glad. I'm glad I found that one. Um, so that yes, and now I'm like you. I've got lots of movies and the double dip picks. Right then. Uh, okay, I'll start. I'll get some. I've got three TV shows to get out of the way. Mm. Uh, the first one, and if we, I don't know if we talked about this in the past entertainment show a few years ago. What we do in the shadows, the movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's a TV series. It's been on BBC Two, uh, and I was. Oh, how good is this going to be? Can they do it again? Would it fit into the sort of TV show format? Oh my God, it is so funny. It is. So, if you like what we do in the shadows, the movie, you're going to lap this up. If you don't like what we do in the shadows, it's not going to change your mind, really. You know, so it's one or the other. It depends what you think of the, you know, what we do in the shadows film. I loved it. The TV mm. series, it's had us both in stitches, mate. It is so good. It's got the addition of a couple of new characters. There's uh, there's this one va- vampire who's... And he doesn't drink blood. He's an emotional vampire. And he just sucks the emotions out of people. <laughs> because <laughs> it's so fucking boring. <laughs> it's just like... Uh, it's really good. Uh, it is so good. You know, when you get a TV show that makes you... Really does make you laugh out loud. And we've done that numerous occasions. Every episode. Well worth watching. Uh, two other TV shows, both of them, believe it or not, on Amazon Prime. Um, the first one is Good Omens. Ooh, oh, yeah. Only eight episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, hooked up. I mean, created by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Two amazing authors anyway, you know, two great minds. Uh, and the, the, the stars of it is is David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Uh, and David Tennant is like an angel from hell. Michael Sheen's an angel from heaven. And it's over the course of the eight episodes, it follows them, their friendships from the very beginning of time right through to present day. And the birth of, um, well, Satan's child and what happens and how the fate of the earth rests in their two hands. It's quir- the visual style of it, mate. It is quirky, the visual style. Oh, it looks amazing. It really does look amazing. I watched the trailer for it because I was sort of on the fence about it. The trailer, I still thought after watching it, eh, I'm not too sure. Within five to ten minutes of watching episode one, I was hooked. I remember this is a TV show and me, and I watched it to the very end and didn't give wow. up after three episodes. That in itself has got to be, you know, a recommendation. Mm. Uh, yeah, really, really good. Uh, it's looking like there could be a second season. Uh, if there isn't, it ends really well. But if there is, I'm looking forward to more. It was really good. Oh, so how long are the episodes? Uh, there were about, I think, like 50-odd minutes. It's sort of like around about the hour mark per episode. 55 minutes, something mm, like that. That's, that's not too bad, yeah. No, but it goes by in a flash. It's one of those shows that doesn't drag its heel. You're not looking at your watch. You know, it's not one of those where you're thinking, mm, it's sagging a bit in the middle of this episode it w- it was really good really really good cool great uh great dialogue some some funny scenes some you know emotional scenes yeah it's got everything it's mm. very good I like, yeah i like michael sheen and, and david Tennant, to be yeah. fair but yeah yeah so it's that's cool i will check that one out i've yeah. seen it i think there's a fair bit of good tv on at the moment isn't there um, oh, and i yeah. like what we do in the shadows and i was when i saw it advertised on bbc2 i was like oh, this is a bit weird this is um you know this is a a fairly big film you know what i mean and mm. um i thought there was going to be a sequel but i didn't realize that they were going to put it into a tv show so um i do like that and I, well I, it, I think like you said it's one of those 
f- films that you kind of get it or you don't. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And and I got it and I really like it. Whereas I watched it with Kay and she didn't like it at mm. all. Oh, she you, found, I think you'll love it, mate. She found it far too kind of quirky and and, <laughs> and weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, so. Well, well please but, watch it. I mean, because the, the episodes of that, of course, they're only like you know less than thirty minutes, so you, you can plough through the entire series really quick. No, we could, and also I'm guessing it's on the iPlayer as well. So yeah, yeah. So you can you can pick it up anytime. It's good. Fantastic. Mm. Um, my final TV series, out of them all, this is by far my favourite. Uh, and again, long time listeners, you know me and TV series. I'm chomping at the bit for series two. I wanted this series to carry on. Uh, Amazon Prime again, The Boys. Oh yes. Oh my God! It is. Uh, it's an adult series. There is coarse language in it. It's quite bloody. It's quite violent, and it's fucking amazing. Uh, it's set in sort of like a close future where superheroes um, are hailed as well as superheroes. People worship them. I mean, it's a good sort of reflection sort of on society today, where people are just loving the Marvel movies so much. Well, this takes another sort of look at. Hold on a minute, superheroes. More than likely, if they did exist, they'd be like this. And Mm. and not quite nice people as you think they might be. It is brilliant, mate. It is so good. Uh, The only only thing, and this has made us laugh more than anything, is Carl Urban's in it, and he plays a character called Billy Butcher. Love him. And he's he's a fucking Cockney, mate, in it. (laughs) The trouble is, his Cockney accent just now and again slips into Australian. So watch okay. out for that. There's a few times me and Tina have looked at each other and went, that's Australian, that's not fucking Cockney. But yeah. it's so good because he's Cockney, the word he uses the most, and it builds up from episode one right through to the final episode. Again, it's eight episodes. The final episode, I think he uses uh, this word. It's got to be at least minimum half a dozen times. It's can't, you fucking can't. <laughs> he says it all the time. Oh. Or there's characters in it that you're going to love to hate there's characters in it that you're going to love to love there's going to be scenes in it where you're going to go fucking hell like that there's bits where you're going to be gripping your seat it's 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 re- i cannot praise this series high enough mate i can't remember the last time that i watched a tv series that i enjoyed as much as the boys mm. I, I've, I watched the trailer for it yesterday because uh, i've heard a lot about it and how good it is and uh yeah I didn't expect it. I mean, the, sh- the trailer shows off a fair bit. You know, mm. the trailer's explicit anyway. You know, it shows off uh, th- this guy and his girlfriend, and this is gu- basically like a character like the Flash runs into her and just explodes. <laughs> she explodes, yes. uh, and then you know, it kind of that's his motivation for you know, yeah, get, getting is, back at the, yeah. the superheroes and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, yeah, Carl Urban's one of those. Um, actors that i think he's a bit like mads mickelson and timothy oliphant who i've got a bit of a man crush for mm. uh and i i just i'm i'll watch him in anything you know he's really good he's uh he's introduced to him through lord of the rings um he's actually from new zealand but because we'll, we'll, we'll get complaints dave you know you said, said he was australian but oh no he sounds he just he sounds australian oh okay okay yeah. but anyway uh yeah so in the lord of the rings and then um 
he's been in a, a number of movies, obviously in Star Trek movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Judge then Dredd, wasn't it? Judge Dredd, oh, yeah. Dredd was awesome, yeah. So, and again, it's one of those, I'd love a sequel to Dredd because that was such yeah. a, a great film. And, you know, it's such a shame that it, it didn't do anywhere near as good as I think people expected it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's been petitions and stuff to get... Um, a sequel done, but it's it's down to money, isn't it? I guess it is. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's up for it, you know, and and he was great in that. But yeah, I, lo- I really like Carl Urban. So uh, yeah, yeah this is on my radar. In fact, all three things that you've mentioned are on my radar. Well, that's good. I'll, I will say, with the boys, the star of it is definitely uh, Anthony Starr as Homelander, who I didn't know about him beforehand. He is so good in this, and you will love to hate him he's the character you would love to hate yeah mm-hmm. ah fantastic mm-hmm. uh yeah so that's it tv three tv things uh i have got uh one two three four documentaries two of which i'm going to put together though okay um i've got so i've got uh one two three four five six six movies Ooh. um but Three of them I can do relatively quickly, I guess, because it's it's kids, see, you know, season. Yeah, kids see. yeah. It's uh, it's the sort of the, the holidays, you know, it's the summer holidays here. Kids are off school for six weeks, which is a fucking joy for parents, <laughs> as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. To be fair, it's it's gone really quickly. Um, you know, it's we're, we've got two weeks left uh, of the holidays, so it, it it has gone really quickly. But uh, throughout this time, the the cinemas and distributors and whatever they put out movies for the for kids to go to the cinema and watch. So we've watched quite a few. Um, one of which was Secret Life of Pets two. That was on the movies for juniors. Ooh, um, okay. I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, it was okay. I, um, I probably wasn't as much a fan of it as, as a, a lot of people. I think it's by the people who do like the Minions movies and Despicable Me. I think uh, Illumination. I think it's, it's the yeah. company that make them. Um, I quite liked it actually. I mean, you know, it's about animals talking and doing weird things when the owners aren't looking and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the reason why I mention it is because it featured Harrison Ford briefly um he plays a dog and they go into the country and he's like a you know kind of a a grumpy dog you know whereas all these other pets are kind of like pampered aren't they so they're out you know fish out of water and like and he teaches them to become the animals that they're supposed to be you know and and to be like proper dogs as opposed to sort of like you know dogs that you know just their owners look after them constantly and whatever um but it just kind of occurred to me and i thought it was ironic that you know Harrison Ford's known to be a little bit grumpy. He, he plays a grumpy dog. <laughs> so, you know, not to sort of typecast him at all. Um, but, yeah, I suppose if you want a, a sort of a grumpy-sounding actor, well, Harrison Ford's your man, isn't he? Um, the other movie that we watched on the Movies for Juniors, and this was really good, um, was Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Ooh, OK, there's another one I want to watch. Um, now... I'm not a fan of Pokemon. I remember when I was younger that the, the cartoon used to be on sort of like breakfast TV and it was massive. And it's a huge fran- franchise for Nintendo, like huge. Uh, so I got no real sort of desire to watch watch this, but it was one of the movies for juniors. So we thought we'll go and watch it. And uh, it was really good. It's live action. So you've got um, obviously actors playing against you know these cg characters and um this boy who wanted to be a trainer uh, a po- pokemon trainer he he 
gave up that idea you know as he got older he moved out to the country uh he was sent away by his dad his mom died uh and his dad couldn't look after him so he went to live with his his uh his nan uh, anyway his dad is um dead he's supposedly dead and he goes back to the city um where pokemon and humans live in harmony essentially and they you know they kind of uh, help each other you know to, to survive and to get along um so visually it looks amazing it kind of it's such a weird weird film because it's obviously a kids film but because of the the, the, the you know the, the the general aesthetic of it and the, the design and the neon sort of type you know visuals of the city and everything reminded me a lot of blade runner which is so weird oh, wow. you know yeah so and then um so he goes back and then quite quickly uh discovers pikachu in uh his dad's apartment in ha- uh, the, the you know the, the boy um who's got he's played by a, uh, a kid called justice smith and he's, he's no relation to will smith i think that's on actually on his twitter handle <laughs> um but he's really good and and so like he inhales this this smoke or whatever and he, for some reason he can understand what pikachu is saying so obviously you know i don't know if you know much about um pokemon but basically they've got names and the way they talk is they they say what their names are you know various first it's like pikachu will go pika pika you know whatever Mm. uh and a character called squirtle which i think is a great name squirtle (laughs) (laughs) i love that one um for for you know obvious reasons uh, or not so obvious reasons um yeah it's all like squirrel you know all that kind of they'll talk in kind of the, the what their names are anyway so um pikachu is voiced by ryan ryan reynolds um and he kind of makes the film i mean the the the, the kid um justice smith is brilliant there's a lot it's quite a dark film for kids um i mean we took our two you know my youngest hadn't got a fucking clue but whenever she saw pikachu who cg looks amazing i have to say um you you do forget quite quickly that he's like a cg character there are some of the pokemon that look more cg than others but he looks brilliant uh even down to the sort of like the you know individual fur on on his body and everything else looks amazing um and sort of like you know the way that uh you know justice smith plays against what would have been nobody but i think that ryan reynolds was on the set quite a lot you know because he voices the character so they have to sort of bounce off each other i didn't i don't think he just did it you know in a in a room you know reading out the script you know because they kind of have to bounce off each other but ryan ryan reynolds is is great and the thing is i've noticed this when having watched the two deadpool movies and he's perfect in that role you know he really is but the thing is and when he when he's got his gear on you know and he's got his mask on and everything else and he's doing all his fight scenes and everything you can imagine that that's not ryan reynolds doing a lot of the, the the fighting and everything because you know i'm sure he does do some of the stuff but essentially you're just hearing his voice aren't you yeah yeah turns out ryan reynolds is pretty fucking good at doing voice acting because you know he's obviously really good in deadpool and then he he brings it into this as well and you can't help but think of deadpool obviously when you hear his voice but also he does bring a lot of life and energy and comedy and fun to the to this character you know pikachu um it's a really fun 
and interesting movie and um very like i said emotional in a lot of ways um lucy went and watched it and she got a bit upset in places because like i said there's some subjects there you know about losing a parent you know and thinking that you you know you, you your dad's passed away and and losing family and then there's some scary little bits in it which you know um she kind of was a bit sort of freaked out by um but yeah it's a cracking movie it really was you know not wasn't expecting it to be actually as good as it as it was considering like i said it's pokemon i'm not yeah. about pokemon you know um but this was really really good so you know hats off to them to and and particularly like i said um ryan reynolds and and justice smith and he's got a great name fancy fancy being called oh, justice that, Fucking hell. That, that's a pretty cool name yeah I mean, he's got a fairly standard surname, I guess, Smith, you know. But <laughs> That's the payoff. That, that's the price he had to pay for being called yeah. Justice. There you go. Yeah. Um, and so that, yeah, I've got, well, I suppose you'd call it um, a kid's movie, but it's, I'll, I'll talk about that later. So I'll hand it over back to you for a little bit. Okay, well, I'm going to say I've got four documentaries and three movies, and I'm going to I'm going to start off because I'm going to tie two documentaries together. Uh, both of them are on Netflix, and I would watch them in this order as well. Both of them are to do with uh, rock climbing. Mm. Now, I suffer terribly from vertigo. You know, I go to you know a shopping mall at the moment. You know, the first floor, I can't I can't look over the banister. I get dizzy. You know, so. These were almost like watching horror films to me. It was just like bloody awful. The first one, Free Solo, and it was, um, I, oh, yeah, it won the Oscar for the best documentary. That was it. I knew it had been nominated, but it won. I'm pretty sure it won the Oscar. Tells the story of Alex Honnold, and he's he's this rock climber, uh, and he's been trying for years to become the first person to ever free solo which means no ropes no nothing one one slip and you're you're a goner you know you just plummet to your death jesus uh, and see oh my god he wants to be the first person to to free solo el capitan which is this huge rock face uh and you look at it and you think there's no way on earth anybody could climb that you know even with ropes and everything else you know nobody's going to climb it just with like with with no support whatsoever and it is it's such an amazing documentary because it's not just about him trying to climb this rock face that he's wanted to do for years and years it's really it's a, it's a human story as well which is you know always the best documentaries because you find out so much about him and he has an during the course of this he has an MRI and they show through like you know brain patterns or you know scientific shit that you know i don't quite understand but it was proved <laughs> um that his response to fear and fearful situations and stress and all that is a lot less than any air quotes normal person you know so he's you know while he could be hanging one-handed thousands of feet on a rock face by his fingertips literally by his fingertips and you're thinking you're just going to die any second. Um, on top of that, it also he finds it really difficult to make any sort of emotional connection with people, and it goes through a couple of relationships that he has. And of course, you know the women that he's with, they fear for his life when he's trying to do this. They think you're just going to die. Maybe not at this climb. It could be the next one. 
So you're following him, you know, as he tries to to make this climb up to El Capitan. You're following his personal journey with his relationships and everything. And he just lives in this camper van uh, and, you know, just eats out of cans and he's obsessed with climbing. Mm. It is so tense, mate. It is so tense. And the filmmakers at some point think, should we carry on with this? Do we want to film? Because they're friends with him. They go, if this goes tits up and, and he dies, do do we want to be filming him when he dies? Do we want that on our conscience? Uh, on our conscience? It's very, very good, mate. Uh, and I would follow it up with uh, The Dawn Wall, another rock climbing documentary on Netflix. Uh, this one, it's not about free soloing. The, they do have... Uh, they do have ropes and again they're trying to climb up el capitan uh and the story of what they do is just incredible you're really rooting it's two guys um it's tommy caldwell and kevin jorgensen and i think it takes them it's like it's like over a week to do this because they both need to get up there and one keeps failing and the friendship between them forms such a strong bond especially on this rock face because this one bit one of the guys cannot get across it and then what happens is amazing so i would watch free solo and then follow it up with um, the dawn wall two mm. really good yeah two really good documentaries all set about climbing el capitan uh another documentary fahrenheit 11 9 michael moore not to be confused with fahrenheit 9 11 which you made yeah. about you know the, the world trade center this one uh, is about American politics, uh, Donald Trump, obviously gun violence. You know, we've had more you know, mass shootings happening in America. Uh, but mostly it's about how fucking shit humans are. <laughs> really, <laughs> And we should just all die and leave the planet to the animals because all anybody, especially people in power, all they're bothered about is just making more money. And there is one bit to do with uh, the water in this district in Detroit that is horrifying. How people just don't even put a price on people's lives. As long it's like all these big businesses uh, and conglomerates, and they're just going, "Well, if I can make another ten million, who cares if a few people, you know, a few hundred, a few thousand people die." Because mm. I've made a few, you know, I've made some more money. Not looking at the grander scheme of things that, you know, compared to the life of the Earth in the blink of an eye. You're not going to be here. What's money going to do to you then? And you've fucked up the planet and you've just killed people. It's mm. it's uh, eye-opening, frightening. Yes, of course, uh, Michael Moore, documentary filmmaker, he he takes his stance and he pushes his side of the story there. You know, there's no sitting on the fence with him this is his beliefs and, and what's going on so you know there is like any documentary again there's another side of the story uh but even keeping that in mind it's horrifying mm. <laughs> he's quite a divisive character i think isn't he uh he Michael is, yeah, Moore. Yeah. um i mean i must admit i, when, I remember when fahrenheit um 9-11 came out and that was a huge box office success mm. wasn't it i mean it made millions and millions millions and millions um uh, and then I was, it was bowling for Columbine as well. That was the other one that he yeah, did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I must admit I haven't seen those, but I am um, tempted to watch them. I'd be interested to sort of like hear what 
our American listeners think of him. Um, mm. Because, you know, obviously they, I would imagine, you know, and probably is, is American, so they they would probably know a little bit more about sort of uh, about him himself and how he's perceived in America. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm yeah I'm interested in that one. I must admit, but that one that you mentioned about that free solo, there's a picture I'm looking at on IMDb, which he's looking at this climber and he's it's looking down on him, and he is he's really high up. <laughs> It's making me feel dizzy just watching, oh. looking at this picture. Um, it's unbelievable. I mean, so yeah, I'm tempted. Well, as with, with all your recommendations, Dave, you, you know, the documentaries in particular, yeah, they're all always worth checking out. So, yeah, you will, uh, you will probably feel a bit queasy watching that free solo and the other one, the Dawn Wall, mate, as yeah. well. They're both the same. Uh, I'll get this fourth and final documentary out of the way and I'll hand it back to you. Uh, this year, obviously, of course, it's the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, you know, putting people onto the moon. Awesome documentary called Apollo 11. Uh, it looks incredible. Please, please don't watch this on your phone. Don't watch it on a laptop. Watch it on the biggest screen that you can. If that's your television, watch it on the television. If you've got a mate with a bigger telly, go around there and watch it on that. Because trust me, it, it really does need the biggest screen available. It's got, I mean, me and Tina were obsessed, you know, with space and, you know, especially the Apollo missions. We grew up, you know, we watched the Apollo stuff. We went to NASA a couple of years ago. We absolutely love it. There's stuff in here that neither of us have ever seen before. This footage in here that you'd swear it was filmed yesterday. It's so crystal clear. Now, obviously, you know what happens. You know, it's they made it and they got to the moon and they came back. There's still so many tense scenes in it. Mm. Uh, and the way that, the, you know, the whole story unfolds, it you know, it doesn't need loads of dramatic music. It doesn't, it doesn't need any narration or anything like this. You just follow everything with the natural sound of what was going on. There are jaw-dropping scenes in this, which we, we were just like, oh, my God, that just looks incredible. It really does put you in the moment. And, uh, you know, 50th anniversary, good excuse to watch it, but... You shouldn't really need any excuse to watch this. Great documentary. Mm. Yeah, Kay watches a lot of, um, I call them space conspiracy theory mm -hmm. programs, <laughs> which is sort of like, um, you know, they're usually on the Discovery Channel or something like that, whereby it's all about, you know, are there aliens out there and did this really happen and did this happen and blah, blah, blah. So she loves all this kind of stuff. Um which leads me on to my next pick, I think, because she loves anything to do with space and um, disasters like disaster movies or, you know, things involving planes. Um, she's obsessed with planes. We, when we, Whenever we go somewhere, we went to a National Trust Park um, around Chester. I don't know which airport it was. It may well have been Manchester or one of the sort of like airports in the area. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the planes were flying that low and they were taking off like literally every three to four minutes and the sound of them and everything else, she could have just stood in the field watching the planes you know she loves all that kind of stuff so um uh, by the way where did you watch this apollo 11 what was that is that on anything at the moment? um let's just say you can watch it if you want you to can. okay all right fair <laughs> enough um anyway so we um we're looking for films to watch on Netflix and Sully popped up 
Um, and I know that you've watched this for the first time um, yeah, recently, yeah, yeah. haven't you? So um, she um, picked this film because, like I said, she's kind of fascinated with, you know, real life stuff, anything to do with planes and all that. So, yeah, this is um, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, play, based on real life events, who, who plays uh, the character of Sully, you know, the, the captain uh, of the pilot plane that went down in the hudson and i can't believe that was like 10 years ago it's kind of crazy uh you know and um directed by clint eastwood and like you said about uh you know apollo 11 it's one of those things that even though you know what's going to happen doesn't stop it being extremely tense Mm -hmm. um and you know I, i think it was um Mark Kermode, we've mentioned him before on the podcast, you know, when he kind of, I think he was reviewing um, The Changeling. Um, is it The Changeling or Changeling? Either way, the one with uh, Angelina Jolie yeah. and uh, where she's loses her son. Yeah, good film. Yeah, and then, she, uh, you know, she, the, the state are under the pressure to, to find her son, so they give her a, a kid who she claims isn't her son. Um, and I think sort of like, you know, remembering that in uh, review that Kermo did, he says it's, there's something about the way that Eastwood directs in as much as that he doesn't do anything particularly showy. You know, there's nothing particularly sort of like, um, sort of, I guess, you know, certain filmmakers have styles and you can kind of, you know, you watch them and you think, okay, yeah, that's a Spielberg movie or yeah, that's, uh, you know, kind of, um, so-and-so made that whatever but he's so solid in the way he directs the film that it's you know you know it's going to be well made you know it's going to be entertaining and you know it's going to be you know thrilling in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um and i think that that's absolutely true about this and it's one of those that you know we all know the story to a certain extent of of this you know what they call the miracle on the hudson um and i remember when it happened and everything and so you know you you then it, it literally the film takes place as soon as the events have happened and it kind of tells it in flashbacks and then it goes back to you know uh, the, the, the you know the, the day after and it, all that kind of stuff but the way it does it, it sort of splits it into chunks doesn't it you know kind of and it's all about the um it focuses on the investigation like literally takes place after the the event you know and you think i've read a, i'm reading a book at the moment and and it kind of it, it goes he talks a bit about um uh, about sully in as much as that you know you, they don't factor in the the human factor as such yeah. you know they, they you know you can do loads with simulations you can do loads with tests and all that kind of stuff but what you can't you could never put in in into practice in, in in unless it's the real event is the human element and how somebody cope under extreme stress you know and the decisions they make li- within seconds literally you know uh, a life and death decisions yeah definitely. um and yeah tom hanks as always is fantastic you know he's he's such a dependable actor it's so weird thinking about tom hanks isn't it you know we used to watch him when i was a kid you know making these kind of screwball comedies yeah, he was always he was always the comedy actor wasn't he yeah and then i think it was um philadelphia when people actually started to take notice of his acting you know rather than just him making kind of screwball you know uh films 
things like Turner and Hooch, uh, Splash, uh, you know, Dragnet, uh, just things like the Burbs. That's kind of what you always associated, um, young Tom Hanks, The Money Pit. The Money Pit's a great film. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then, obviously, you know, as he's gotten older, he, he's just an all-round uh, fantastic actor, isn't he? He's really good. Um, what I loved at the end was the uh, sort of like, you know, obviously seeing the real people, uh, which I think we said that about, uh, either a documentary we talked about in the last show, uh, and you get to see some of the you know That's the real... always nice, isn't it? When you see yeah, yeah. It just brings it all to life, doesn't it? And yeah. I, the thing is, what we're saying about CG is that the none of this looked like CG to me. I don't think that there were any real scenes, particularly with the aeroplane, you know, and sort of like how it, you know, you you'd see it land in the in the Hudson, and it all looked really well done, you know. Maybe a couple of scenes where you think, okay, but generally on the whole, you think this looks awesome, and it really does look superb. And uh, Aaron Eckhart's great, you know, as um, as the co-pilot, um, and yeah, it's it's really good. The one thing that kind of made me uh, smile a little bit, I know you checked out of Breaking Bad, was um, one of the people on the investigation uh, committee. Um, she's a, a, a real name's Anna Gunn, and um, you don't see much of her, but you just generally get the impression that she's a bit of a bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. She played Skylar, um, which is Walter White's wife in Breaking Bad, and she was a fucking bitch in that as well. <laughs> and I'm just thinking back to sort of like, you know, Harrison Ford being typecast as being a bit grumpy. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah. Um, so, no, it, it's it's a, a cracking film. I mean, Kay absolutely loved it. You know, she thought it was brilliant. And, um, yeah, it's one of those things, you know, you said about Michael Moore and, you know, people are just horrible and, and everything. I think this, and before it even came up with the sort of like the bit of a, the, you know, the, the, the blurb at the end, I, I, I thought it, you know, I thought this just goes to show when people... Um, you know, pull together and they care about each other, what they can achieve, you know, and, and how many lives they save, you know, and, and it, I did go through a range of emotions watching this, you know, kind of on, on the edge of my seat, you know, and then I got quite emotional watching some of the scenes, um, you know, and, and I took tears in my eyes, really, you know, mm. with, with some of the stuff that comes out. And uh, it's great, really, really great. Um, and it just goes to show that even, I mean, how old was Clint when he made this? Um, this came out in 2016. 16, so, so three years ago, 86. Yeah, 86. That's mental. I mean, you know, that again, it just goes to sort of show, and you've talked about it with the Clint cast, and I'm really looking forward to listening to more, um, you know, as you, you dip deep. Uh, you know, you dive into deeper waters with Clint and go into it like he's he's uh, directing as well as he's acting. Um, just you know, what a fantastic person he, he is mm-hmm. in terms oh, of being yeah. an actor and director, uh, and even now at the age that he is, still making absolutely incredible movies. You know, um, that, that that just really sort of like put you on the edge of your seat and. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you, you haven't seen The Mule yet, have you? No, I haven't seen that. I must admit, I haven't seen American Sniper either. I think that's on Netflix. Oh, that's a great film um, too, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, it's, um, yeah. I think he's one of a kind, isn't he, Clint? He's just... Yeah, I think the the word legend is thrown about all too easily these days, but I think it's, he deserves that word. He is, he is you know, a cinematic legend. He really is. Yeah. I remember um, watching a 
uh, Tom Hanks on Graham Norton, and I think he was promoting Sully, and he was talking. About, I think in you know in the way that uh, Tom Hanks can do, uh, in as much as he, he did an impression of Clinton, like they were talking <laughs> about the, the making the movie, and like you know he said, um, you know, so you you do your scene and everything, and then he doesn't really give you a lot of feedback, you know, and he, he so you know he's just very he watches everything though but and he'll you know he just doesn't do loads of takes just as and but he'll you know when clint says like okay that was really good but let's do it again a little bit better next time and he's like you know you, you stand up and you think okay this is clint eastwood i'm yeah. not gonna fuck about so so yeah um really really good what did you think of it i think you really liked it as well didn't you? oh yeah you know i loved it i was you know surprised that it take me this long to watch it i will add as well because i bought the 4k blu-ray of this and i would put it as one of those like reference discs the picture and the sound is amazing on it mm. if you've got the setup for for playing 4k it looks stunning uh, and especially the scenes you know with, with the planes going down uh, some great sound in it as well but story-wise it's like you said mate even though you know how it's going to end it's still so tense and you still get so annoyed at the way that Sully and his co-pilot are really fucked over by the system and you're mm -hmm. thinking for fuck's sake they've saved everybody on this plane but again it's like going back to earlier with about Fahrenheit Fahrenheit 11.9 all the all the suits are interested in is money oh well you, you know you've ditched this plane and you could have landed it safely and this that and the other and it's gee you know not oh well done mate you've just saved everybody you're a hero it's yeah it does get you know it got my back up at times with the suits <laughs> i just wanted to slap them around the face yeah uh, you know it's one of those things that you know i think if president obama came out and called him a hero you know it's <laughs> like there you go isn't it yeah so yeah it's very very good mm. uh you may remember mate that a few i can't remember how long ago it was an entertainment show i talked about the mads mickelson film polar Oh yes. Yeah, the one, the, well, the one where Tina got as wet as not as pocket because of the amazing <laughs> sex scene. You just saw Mads Mikkelsen's bare ass pounding away for about five minutes. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh. So obviously that's in her, you know, top five all time great films because she loves Mads. Uh, and it, I love. Mads. I do too. You know, come on, who 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 doesn't love Mads Mikkelsen? So after Polar, we watched another Mads Mikkelsen film the other week called arctic <laughs> believe it or not can you believe he did you know polar and then arctic uh this film uh there's hardly any dialogue in it mm. whatsoever there's i would say if i say a dozen lines of dialogue i'm probably being generous it's now a 40 it's slow but it doesn't drag it starts he's he's uh, in a plane crash he's crashed a small light aircraft is crashed into the arctic just him uh he's trying to survive he needs to make the decision does he stay with the aircraft because he's got he keeps he has to walk out and send like this sos signal which he does for hours every day then goes back to the plane uh, for shelter from obviously you know the conditions there in the arctic does he keep doing that or does he take a chance and leave the aircraft and make sort of some semi-educated decision in which way to walk in the hope of finding something? Uh, it's again, it's so tense, even though it's it's about one guy in the Arctic 
who obviously doesn't have conversations because he's by himself and his struggle to survive if it was a lot of other actors it wouldn't have worked this is like testament to the acting chops of Mads Mikkelsen he says so much with just a look just you know a small movement of the eyes and he conveys like everything it's really really good don't go into it expecting you know big action scenes this that and the other it's a human story about survival uh, that is very slow paced but not in the least bit boring Mm. Mm. I'll check that one out. I mean, um, I think I mean he's got, he's a great actor. He really is. But then um, there there are some movies where he doesn't talk. I mean, there's one um, which I remember watching a few years ago called Valhalla Rising. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. I think uh, he plays like um, a, a warrior uh, and a pagan warrior uh, who hasn't got a tongue. So he has got no dialogue <laughs> whatsoever. Um, so he like I don't think he does like his movies where he, he doesn't have to speak much. Yeah. But like you said, he does, you know, he's... The thing is, I, I first saw him in Casino Royale, which is probably what a lot of people saw yeah. him in, you know. Yeah. And um, and he was really good in that. I think he was a really good villain. Um, because he, you kind of... He doesn't do a lot. But I think it was the scene where he was whacking um, Bond in the balls that you saw a <laughs> yeah. different side to him, that he wasn't yeah. just like a, you know, a, a sort of a poncy, you know, uh, uh, poker player. He, he could actually inflict a bit of damage and he quite enjoyed inflicting damage on people. So that's kind of and then I think it was The Hunt as well, which is a brilliant film where he's accused of being a child molester. Oh, God, uh, that's a great film. Yeah. And you know he's fantastic, and so I'm I'm really pleased as well that he's sort of like he's managing to balance uh, his what you'd call art house movies um, with things like Doctor Strange, Rogue One. He was in that, you know, because mm. I, I really he's one of those people that I think you know Casino Royale was a huge film, but you want him to be recognised even more for yeah, the fantastic yeah. actor that he is. I think he is. I mean, I, he was in Hannibal as well, wasn't he? He played Hannibal Lecter. Uh, so, you know, I think he's a really well-known ac actor. But you you know when he's in a film, you, you're generally guaranteed like, quality, aren't you? you know? Oh, you are, yeah. I will say that Tina was disappointed that he didn't get his arse out. But well, it was yeah. the Arctic, so come on, you know. <laughs> Give him a bit yeah. of leeway. But yeah, <laughs> I'd recommend that. Uh, I'll just go through another one before I hand it back to you, mate. And this, I'd probably say this is my main movie recommendation of this show mm -hmm. uh eighth grade uh the story yeah the story of a 13 year old girl who's in her well she's in eighth grade it's her final year before she leaves middle school and goes into high school and she's making this will this will really resonate with you mate i mean you've got two young daughters you know growing up in you know this internet age um she's growing up she because like a lot of you know the gen you know the generation now growing up with that and especially social media the pressure to be a part of it and to present not necessarily their life but a version of their life that they would like everybody to think is their life so she's making she's making these videos sort of these self-help videos they're not they're getting like you know two three six views on youtube but she still keeps making them but the thing is she's she isn't the confident person that she puts across on screen in these you 
YouTube videos. She's got, mm. you know, she's got a lot of personal problems going on, you know, with, you know, with school. And it follows her. It, all it does is it just follows her in her last week of middle school and the problems they entail. Now, I had a look on uh, IMDb after me and Tina watched it and we both loved it. And I was amazed at the amount of one star reviews that were on there. It's another one of those that I think you're either going to really love or you're going to really hate because really not a lot of stuff happens in it. It's a little bit, again, it's one of those slice of life movies. And, you know, you're following this 13 year old girl for a week in her life and certain things happen. Uh, but I think it says a lot. And I've read a lot of people say this of how people really empathise with a, and really connect with a character. So, like, you know, here's me, a 54-year-old man in Wales who really can connect with this 13-year-old girl that's in, you know, in America, and you feel so sorry for her. And, like, the age now that she's growing up in, and you think, oh, my God, what, you know, what's, what are our grandkids, what's, what's it going to be like when they grow up? You know, if it carries on, what's this next bit of social media going to be about? And that you know, the pressures that are forced onto them that we didn't have when we grew up. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. did we? We didn't have to present anything online to people and feel the need to keep putting stuff up on there. It's really, really good. Um, you may watch it, and you might be one of those people that, like on IMDb, gave it one star, and you think that was, that was boring. Nothing, nothing happened in that. Uh, me and Tina loved it, mate, and I'm sure that if you and Kay sit down and watch it, that you'll both love it too, uh, and you'll laugh and you'll cry. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it scares me because I hope that you know they'll they'll learn to, to sort of like grow up with social media, which is something like you said we never had when we were kids. But no, no, no. it's almost as if you've got to have two personalities you know you've got to have two lives essentially when it comes to sort of social media you've got to have your social media life and then you've got to have your real life mm -hmm. and the two are generally at polar opposites with one another i think yeah. you know it's probably fair to say it's a lot of people that post uh, you know things on on twitter or facebook or whatever you know and you think God, they must have a fucking perfect life, mustn't they? You know, they think, you know, look how amazing their life is. They've got this, they've got that, they've got the other. You know, they're always posting about going on holidays and doing this, that, and the other. And then a lot of time you think, and actually, you know, if you get to know them or, you know, they're, they're, they're not very happy. And it's all done for a bit of show, isn't it? To sort of yeah. like say, oh, look at me, you know, look how great things are. I mean, really. Are, are, are people really happy with the, the life they've got? And I think that's the thing, isn't it? You, you, you sort of. I mean, I've, I'm on social media, and not as much as I don't, I'm not as active on it as I used to be. Um, you know, with Twitter and everything, I've got a lot to be grateful for with Twitter. It got me into podcasting. You know, got me into a lot of things. Got me to meet you. You know, and, and yeah, get yeah. to know you. So there's a lot of good things that has come out of, of things like Twitter. But there's also the dark side of it as well. You know, there's the sort of the side where you know, you, 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 if you you can't have an opinion on something that it, it's a fact, isn't it? You're, that's your opinion, isn't it? It's like you can't and people you can't have much wiggle room on Twitter. It's like a statement, isn't it? And you yeah. make it, and then people immediately come at you. And I've had arguments with people on Twitter, and it's I've, I, I don't do it anymore. I just don't have the time and or the patience or, or the interest really. But you kind of think it's almost like having an argument 
in a public place, you know, you, you, you're directing your anger or argument at one person, but then other fuckers chip in with stuff and you're like, <laughs> this has got nothing to do with you. But then and I kind of equated it to just standing in the street and shouting at somebody and then everybody joins in and everyone then has an opinion yeah. and it's like... So I think there is a, there is something to be said with that, you know, and um, it's a it's a weird it's a weird world that we live in at the moment. I think with things like social media, uh, and like you said, the pressures it puts on people, Instagram, you know, and all the other things, that, um, Snapchat, and all the other stuff. I, 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 I you know, I don't have, don't even know what's out there these days. But it's like you know, getting your likes in. And and if you're not getting likes for stuff, it's like, oh, God, I've got mm-hmm. to try harder and I've got to, you know, uh, I think there's been a lot of films um, and and documentaries about this. Oh, there was one that you talked about some time ago, which similar type of um, thing, you know. And so it's a, it's a strange one. My daughter, my seven year old, she wants a mobile phone. She's desperate to have a mobile. It's almost like she wants to grow up before she needs to grow up or before she should grow up you know and i think yeah. that's i guess that's natural with kids you know but well, yeah there's a lot of peer pressure though isn't there i mean that's the thing yeah like some she wants her ears pierced you know and you see she a friend some of her friends have got it done some of them haven't and you know and, and it's like I, I you know i just want to say just be a kid for as long as you can because you only get that once you know you, you're not going to be a kid again oh then i'd say we'll never grow up properly uh you know always be, you know be young at heart and everything but at the same time it's like she wants to she wants to race ahead and be an adult mm-hmm. you know what i mean and yeah. i'm like just, just relax just enjoy being a kid but hey it's it's one of those things it's life isn't it it's it's like pandora's box it's it's oh open. yeah yeah once never, it's opened it, that's it mate yeah no turning it's back. never gonna go away and no. so you think well just deal with it the best way you possibly can and and just educate them in the, in the best way you possibly can and say look this isn't a real life this is somebody putting pictures up of something that it's it's not real you know what you can feel and what you know the person that you are that's real it's not the the the, the stuff that you own that or whatever that defines you it's the person that you are i think so it's it it's one of those isn't it it's yeah. a, it's it's a tough one but you there's no point, I suppose, moaning about it, even though I've, <laughs> I've moaned about it for the past 10 minutes. You know what I mean? So. I, will, I will say, though, that Elsie Fisher, who's the lead in it, she plays a character called Kayla. She is wonderful in it. Mm-hmm. She is absolutely captivating in it. And just as a little aside, she's also the voice of Agnes in the Despicable Me movies. She's the one who goes, it's so fluffy! It's ah. she, she does the voice of her as well, which okay. we, you know, it was only after we'd watched it and we looked on IMDb afterwards and we thought, what else has she been in? Because she's so amazing in this movie. And then we thought, holy shit, she's the voice of Agnes in the Despicable Me movies. Cool, hmm. cool, cool. Uh, I've got one more, but I'll hand it over to you, mate. Ooh, I've got a couple here. That, well, I've got three left, but on, two then. of them I can kind of spin into into two and there is a, a slight pun in that uh, or into one i should say um so yeah i've seen a couple of spider-man movies um okay. spider-man far from home uh, mm-hmm. which is a sequel to spider-man homecoming uh tom holland is spider-man and he returns it's the same director who did um homecoming um a lot of the same recurring characters in it and uh it this is now set after 
um, Endgame. So if you haven't seen Endgame, I'm not going to say too much about the plot because although it's been out for a few months now, I think the vast majority of people have, have seen that movie. So they know how it ends and everything. But I still don't want to spoil it particularly. So, but anyway, um, essentially they go on a European school trip and um, there, there's a threat that's, you know... Uh, destroying bits of Europe. I think that's what essentially <laughs> what, what the takeaway I took from this is that you get to see uh, parts of London get destroyed and parts of Rome. Um, but anyway, um, well, Spider-Man, he, he kind of, he doesn't want to be Spider-Man for a while. He wants to have a break. You know, he's obviously, everything's happened in of the Avengers and then he's, you know, so he's kind of, he was so keen to become Spider-Man and to do all that. But now the pressure's on him to take up the mantle and, and actually be the, you know, the sort of the, the, the superhero that people expect him to be and all that. But he, he's getting a bit tired of it. So um, he, he wants to just go on a break, holiday, things happen. He meets up with um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who they name Mysterio, and um, so and and kind of he wants Mysterio to take on the mantle because he actually comes across as like a real hero and everything. Um, it's one of those films that when I watched it at the cinema, and, and it was similar to Homecoming that I kind of I liked it, but I didn't love it. But then when I watched Homecoming again, I really liked it more at home uh, when I actually saw it on the TV and a bit yeah. more relaxed atmosphere, I guess. And I think I suspect that this will be the same. So for me, the first half of the movie, it doesn't, it didn't do a lot for me. It just kind of sort of ambled along a little bit. You know, it's it's okay, it's entertaining enough. But then there's a lot of CG stuff in there. And I, I kind of I'm loath to moan about CG because again, it's one of those things that that's what you kind of get to expect with with these type of movies. Yeah. But then halfway through, there's a bit of a twist, and then it, I got more interested, you know, and it kind of like uh, I was like, okay, I'm I'm more I'm more on board with this now, uh, because there's more of a sort of a an attachment to to what's going on. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like the first hour for me was just kind of ambling along a little bit, and then the second hour was was better. Um, it's not a bad film particularly. I didn't dislike it as such, but it didn't yeah it, it, i think after both avengers films which i loved um it didn't sort of blow me away which is probably down to my own sort of um you know down to me rather than down to it being a, a bad film I, I i don't i don't know how you'd get on with it i don't if you got any <laughs> desire to watch it at all or... i i did enjoy uh homecoming i think that was like the last sort of marvel film that i enjoyed but that's because i grew up with spider-man spider-man was always like my main character that i bought the comics for uh and i watched the trailer for far from home and it just did nothing for me whatsoever it was another one of those like you said oh cg heavy and it, mm, no it's it wouldn't bother me if i didn't watch it to be honest the one thing I would say is um, Tom Holland is great. I mean, he is. Yeah, I think yeah. he, he's now Spider-Man. I, I like. Uh, I really like Tobey Maguire in the role. Uh, Andrew Garfield was okay, um, but I think now Tom Holland has, has nailed it. You know, he's kind of like. Uh, he, you know, I can't imagine sort of anybody else being Spider-Man at, at this point in time. Um, so, and Jake Gyllenhaal's good in it, and Samuel L. Jackson pops up. Marissa Tomei looks fantastic as uh, as always. I think she just gets better, <laughs> better with age. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it's. I don't want to shit on it because I I didn't think it was terrible. I just kind of I think I wanted a little bit more from it 
but um you know um so there you go um and then on to um another spider-man movie which is on sky movies at the moment and you can buy it as well on blu-ray and dvd uh is spider-man into the spider-verse um i love this (laughs) This is probably up there now as one of my favourite Spider-Man movies, include you know, including the live-action ones and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I, I thought it was superb. It, the animation of it, it is spot on. I mean, we watched it together. There was me, uh, my wife, and my seven-year-old. Um, my wife didn't like it as much as I did. She thought it was it was good in places, but then that some of the action scenes and stuff she checked out of. Um, but in terms of like a, a Spider-Man story, which was not only funny, but emotionally engaging as well, um, and just brilliantly animated, was superb. It, it, it was so great. It really was. It was really well done. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, just a lot, the the voice acting in it as well was great. You know, the... Um, and particularly as well, I really liked um, oh, what's his fucking name? Um, oh, he's one of the, he's an Oscar-winning actor. He's been in loads, <laughs> but Nicolas Cage. There you go. I was I was going to say he's an Oscar-winning actor that makes shit films. Um, <laughs> generally, uh, you know, he plays one of the Spider-Man uh, from a different sort of like you know multiverse, and he's great as well. You know, um, it's it's brilliant. It's just a really clever film that's funny like i said emotionally engaging um amazingly animated i mean it's just it's one of those films that you can't take your eyes off it uh and you know there's something there's always something going on to keep you interested um yeah it's great really really great i loved it yeah how can you how can you not love a film with spider pig in it ah yes <laughs> Yeah, I I took my son to the cinema to watch it and we loved it. And it is on my to-buy list because I know it's one that I'm going to watch a lot of times. Loved mm. it, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I, I want to watch it again, um, you know, just because it's, I think it's one of those movies that you watch it and then, you know, you want to watch it again because of the, the, the style, the animation. It's so well done, it oh, really is. It is, I, yeah. I can't remember watching an animated movie like it, you know, that's just of the style um a bit you know what i mean so yeah great mm. uh, i've got one more movie and that's it yeah go on i'll get this last one out of the way then i'll i'll let you finish off this section then mate Ooh, i'll uh, finish you off Dave. you can you just finish me off too and then we'll have a break <laughs> which we're going to need to if you're going to do that to me mate uh <laughs> me and tina we went to the cinema we watched fast and furious hobbs and shaw mm. uh, which oh. is ridiculous it is stupid stupid uh it's very very silly but it is an immensely enjoyable film uh it is it's the cliched turn your brain off at the door and just let the stupidity flow over you uh yeah it's just a non-stop barrage of of uh tongue-in-cheek one-liners and ridiculous action scenes which are so over the top that you just have to sit there laughing at them Uh, it is a 12a and the way that it was edited 
I'm hoping that when it comes out on Blu-ray that there's a 15 version because a lot of the violence did seem toned down. You know, when people get shot, there's no blood. And a lot mm. of the time you just see somebody shooting and then you just see whoever's, you know, lying on the floor. I would like to think that for the home cinema version that the violence is restored and it's, you know, it's a bit grittier 15, but of course still keeping, you know, all the stupidity just really enjoyable mate we sat there through the entire time it's like it's two and a quarter hours and it just flew by and we again we laughed out loud so much during it it's yeah it's it's almost like a throwback to those really over-the-top 80s action movies but not as violent um and with more sort of knowing winks to camera but yeah it's i think um if you like the Fast and Furious films, you're going to love it. And if you just love stupid action movies, you're going to love it. I mean, for God's sake, when you've when you've got Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham as the two leads, and then you've got Idris Elba as the bad guy in it as well, mm. you, you can't you can't go wrong. You really can't yeah. go wrong. And we yeah we loved it. I bet Tina was uh, was in heaven watching that oh, trio. Oh God, we had to take two towels for her to sit on. <laughs> It was it was a two toweler, mate, and even then, you know, the seat was in danger of getting a little bit damp. Yeah, <laughs> it's one that I do want to watch it, but I haven't watched any of the other Fast and Furious movies. I watched one, two, and three. No, I haven't even seen the second one. Haven't I watched you? I watched the first one and the third one, which was the one set in uh, Tokyo. I think uh, it's I think it's like from if I remember rightly, it's like number five where it starts getting really over the top and then each each one coming out you know then from number six and number seven onwards they try to outdo the previous one so all the stunts and everything keep getting bigger and sillier and more over the top and it's sort of culminated in this Hobson Shaw where it is just this stupidity fest of ridiculous things going on yeah um, but I've seen the trailer for it and it did look great you know it looked um really entertaining but i've heard that the trailer does give away quite a lot of the movie mm-hmm. i don't know if you've watched the trailer or you may have watched it since um so yeah um now i do want to watch it it's I, I feel like i want to watch the others beforehand just to bring me up to speed with um, yeah yeah you, you the characters yeah you don't need to um but it does help to have that you know a little bit more background to these two characters especially yeah yeah cool um, so my final uh, movie uh, that I watched was we went to the cinema again, another sort of rare cinema trip, twice in one month. It's a, I know, and I'm going to go next month and watch It Part 2. Can't oh, yeah. wait. We're, we're going tomorrow, actually, to watch... Oh, my God, and the name's suddenly gone from my mind. The new Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, yes. Hmm. Uh, I've heard mixed things about that. Some people saying it's amazing. Some people saying it's hmm. OK. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you... It's got a long fucking film, isn't it? Um, well, he doesn't do short films, does he, really? <laughs> no, uh, he doesn't, no. Tarantino. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably want to watch that at the cinema as well uh, when I get around to it. But uh, the 20th anniversary of The Matrix was Ooh. released in 4K. Uh, and... Um, it's been a while since I've watched The Matrix, I must admit. I mean, I kind of talked about it briefly on the ABC show that we did. Um, there was a time in my life when The Matrix came out um, at the cinema. But I remember back in 1999, it was an amazing year for film. You got Fight Club, uh, that came out in 99 as well, didn't it? Uh, and The Matrix. And after 
the disappointment of the Phantom Menace. Uh, and I'll never forget that feeling when we came out of the cinema. Went to watch it with my mum. And uh, it was almost like the, the there was a... I've never experienced this in British cinemas before, you know, or English cinemas, where at the start of the film, there was there were cheers, there was a clap, you know, and people were really excited. And then at the end of it, we all just kind of shuffled out the cinema, like thinking, what just happened? You know, <laughs> been waiting for this film since 1983 and since Return of the Jedi came out. And it's like, what? the hell was that all about and uh so anyway the matrix came out later on in the year and uh it was almost like an antidote for the phantom menace because i knew nothing about the matrix as as i suspect a lot of people you know did directed by the wachowski brothers um or as they're now known is it lana and um yeah yeah they've that they've been through a lot let's just say that yeah. uh, since the matrix came out uh lana and lily um and um it's one of those films that like i said just blew me away and i became obsessed with to a point where i think like i said i went out and bought a new blue uh, dvd player for 300 odd quid went out and got the region <laughs> one dvd you know wasn't happy with the region two dvd because it had some cuts in it of a couple of headbutts um and i, I did I, I became really obsessed with it and i think you know people have written books about it there was theories going around that are we actually living in a matrix you know how do we know that this is the real world you know it, it just because it looks and feels and smells like it is it you know are we living in some alternate reality and everything and not only that it was the action scenes i think it helped it it's not an understatement to say that it, it redefined cinema in a lot of ways you know it kind of oh, it changed yeah, yeah. you know the action scenes the, the bullet time effects there were so many sort of like imitators that came out after the matrix you know that tried to do what the matrix did but could never succeed you know and and um so the matrix starring keanu reeves who we've said many times before gets labeled as a wooden actor but as yet has been in some of the best films i've seen you know oh, before God, yeah. speed point break yeah. uh the matrix just to name three and you know john wick now yeah i yeah. guess he's, he's more you know well known for that character and he's he's really great in this you know um I don't think it's not just his sort of like the acting as such, you know, he kind of, he plays a character called Neo who uh, he, he feels, he doesn't feel right about the world. And he's contacted by Lawrence Fishburne who has put a lot, a lot of timber in 20 years, <laughs> should we say, uh, he's a lot slimmer in this. Um, and, you know, he's introduced to the idea that he's actually living in a fake alternate reality whereby, you know, everything around him isn't real and he's, it's been created to, to control humans and the re- reality is is that humans live underground because the sun has been you know it's scorched the earth and the the machines have taken over and uh, are now in control of everything and um essentially using humans as as power um so they're born into the, um slavery as such and they create the matrix to make it feel as if they're, they're, you know, that's the reality of what's going on. So, and it's all about then the sort of like how they take control back and how they take power back from the machines. And that's that controlled by um, Agent Smith, who's played by Hugo Weaving. And uh, he's just like really kind of like 
methodical, maniacal character who hates the Matrix because he just he doesn't want to be there, you know, and he, he res- really resents the fact that he has to sort of like chase after Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne and Carrie Ann Moss, you know, and, all, you know, all these other characters and everything else. The thing with the matrix as well, he's like, I, I, I don't go, I, I was going to say I was obsessed with it. I, I mean, people base it on a lot of different, um, you know, books and theories and it's got, you know, uh, links to ghost in the shell, the anime and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's just, it's still, looking back now from 20 years when it first came out it still feels really fresh and the effects in it haven't um aged badly at all the the bullet time stuff still looks incredible it really does because they they did that with real cameras they didn't do that as a cg effect they did that with like a 360 sort of like shot of of the actors actually doing something yes there was like a green screen or whatever behind them or they used um photographs of real scenes and put them then behind them to sort of like make it look real and everything else but that all still looks amazing yeah some of the cg looks a little bit dated but the one of the thing that I took, the, I suppose, the, the one of the main things I took away from it is that how the action in it is spectacular. You know, there's no two ways about it. That scene where they walk into the lobby, you know, and the, the guard says, you know, have you got any metallic items, you know, mm, yeah. key, keys, whatever. And he just like he uh, Reeves kind of then pulls open his coat and he's got fucking shitload of guns there and everything. And that scene it's when it's it's like slow motion and then the music that kicks in it's it's almost it's perfect it's like a perfect synergy of of the music the action even like the 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 bullets sort of like hitting the 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 walls and everything else it just melds in perfectly with everything so it's it's amazing that that final sort of like hour of the movie is incredible you know it's it goes from one incredible set piece to the other you know that sort of like lobby scene then the scene where he, he pops up in a helicopter and he's firing a minigun and like the interrogation and everything the escape from the rooftops uh, it's mind-blowing you know it just kind of ramps everything up and it introduces all these ideas you know everything and all these different characters the humans uh, that were born uh, in the real world as such and then like kind of like the, the characters like neo who've got implants in the the back of their heads you know all these metal bits all over them because they've been plugged in to the matrix so you know and it really is a a fantastic movie you know it just um like i said in terms of story action 20 years later it still feels so fresh and in in interesting inventive um and i don't there aren't many movies that i think would top it in terms of action and stuff and it's got a lot um, you know, in terms of its, its heritage behind it and the way it's influenced cinema going forward. Um, the only downside to it is that the sequels just never lived up to it. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember um, being so hyped and excited for The Matrix Reloaded, and there's some decent stuff in it, but that first 40 minutes of the film is fucking dog shit. It's, I mean, I haven't watched it for a while, but that whole scene where they go into um, Zion, which is the you know where all the humans live um and then they have that rave and you know <laughs> underground and and he's like and um it's like god this is crap and and you know but then it picks up after that and there's some interesting stuff but then after that it was like the, the matrix revolutions it's like oh god this is just 
you know, and yeah. it's all, but it but it feels like the first movie. Uh, I mean, they say yes, it was always envisioned as a trilogy. I don't buy that. I don't buy that no, at all. I don't either. And I think that the first film, it's like it's almost like a standalone movie. You know, you can watch it. Yes, the em- ending is ambiguous and it leaves it open, but then the second and third films feel a little bit rushed and a little bit. You know, they were shot back to back, and it just it. I don't think it works. I don't think they, 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 you know, they introduce a lot of characters that just don't work for me. You know, that whole section with the architect and everything else, and he's talking in riddles, and you think, oh God, this is this. What's going on here? But um, yeah, it it really is a cracking film. It, it's yeah, and, and like I said, twenty years on, it's just it's it's wonderful. It really is, and and um, that even now. Like when at the end, the end of the film, and Neo's on the the phone, and he's saying, like, you know, I'm, I don't know how this is going to work, you know, but I'm here to tell you that things are going to change. And, and then he steps out of the phone booth, and Rage Against the Machine kicks in. And I still get goosebumps now. That's a fr- <laughs> oh, it's a mate. It really is such a brilliant, brilliant scene. So yeah, it's it's still a f- fantastic film, even after all these years. And I think it's one of those films that, you know, will will remain timeless in you know it's just a great great film really is yeah i haven't seen it in such a long time i think it's one of those that's uh due a rewatch. we've been re-watching stuff recently here you know those great films and but you haven't watched them in such a long time we've been going through through quite a few of those so i think the matrix definitely needs to be added to that list mm-hmm and I, um, I was talking to a chap at work about it and uh, he recommended Cloud Atlas which uh, I think you talked about that on one of our very first entertainment yeah, shows yeah I think we did yeah I think you said that you quite like that too yeah, yeah. so uh, you know talking about the Wachowskis and I don't know if there, it's true or not but there's some talk about uh, well um, so the guy who was one of the stuntmen in um, The Matrix he I think he makes the John Wick movies Um so that's the connection between him and um, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. So, and I think he, he, I read Total Film this month, and I think there was some suggestion that the Matrix, you know, that there may be something happening with the Matrix, and the Wachowskis may be involved. Oh. So, you know, and but whether that comes to, to pass or not, but yeah, it's it's a brilliant movie, just not a brilliant franchise for me. Yeah. Yeah. Completely yeah. agree, mate. Definitely. Well, we will uh, we'll take a little break for a minute and we'll come back and we'll, we're going to be all arty-farty because we're going to talk about a French film and a South Korean film. Ooh, la da Ooh, Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> and now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Where is Clint? Get him. Why are you looking for Colt? Divide this world in blood. Especially the blood of my wife and Dara. There's no reason to die, but there is a reason to kill. We're gonna have fun! No, you don't have to do this, son of a 
With our double dip picks, um, I love this section of the podcast. It's great <laughs> because like it uh, <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Because uh, you know, I, I never know how it's going to go. You know, the, the, the we both pick movies that um, neither of us have seen. So, and as I said before, that's difficult for me to pick stuff for Dave because Dave's <laughs> seen bloody everything. But the re- uh, I, I think I'd, I've struck gold actually because I happened to come across a. Um, some, a video on YouTube. I think it may be Screen Rant, but don't quote me on that. And there was a video that's sort of like the top 10, you know, best things on Netflix that you've never seen or that they recommend you watch. So I had a quick look at that and I thought, oh, yeah, I fancy some of those things. So the film that I picked, and it was a, I think it was one of the first things that I, you know, came up, you know, I went with, and you hadn't seen it, which mm. was was great so uh, i might refer back to that that video again <laughs> um like you said it's a south korean movie um and it's on netflix at the moment um from 2018 and it is called revenger um there's nothing on metacritic as far as i could tell um which is a bit weird. So it says here, the synopsis, a former police investigator decides to go to a prison island to revenge the brutal killings of his family. Um, And that's it, really. Um, Doesn't say any more. It has got a 5.7 out of 10, uh, out of 2,442 reviews. Uh, So not great. Uh, you know, sort of as just above average. Yeah. Um, saying this, it's got oh, now these are different. I'm not going to click on all these bloody links, but I had a quick look on Metacritic, and there wasn't any like generally when you go to Metacritic, you type in a movie or whatever, and it, it brings you up like a, a list of all of the reviews that sites have made of it. Couldn't find anything on this one. Um, so from my point of view, I was kind of hoping this was going to be um a bit like the raid uh, a bit like headshot you know those kind of uh south korean martial arts movies uh where they're violent and brutal and um yeah what did you think <laughs> right um yes now we're 41 i think i think it just i think it's about 10 minutes overlong to begin with mm-hmm. uh there are bits of it that do sort of drag a little bit so yeah this police investigator he's he's on this prison island uh it's it's so i think the main thing that i took away from it it's so weird in the tone changes that it has because the lead in it this police investigator who's who's like he's he's a hard ass twat and he plays it like a <laughs> like a buff martial arts version of Clint Eastwood with minimal dialogue who just says everything with a look and beats the shit out of everybody mm-hmm. but then when they meet up on this island with the this one particular group of people who are living there one of the main ones who 
I just found so fucking annoying. Yeah. He's and he plays it like it's some wacky nineteen eighties comedy where he thinks that his pratfalls are gonna have cartoon music playing over the top of them. And the two don't really they don't really gel together. It's you know, I wanted to say, fucking hell, make your mind up what type of a film are you making here? Is it that silly, stupid, laughy, or is it this serious, dark martial arts action movie where people are getting stabbed and hit repetitively um i couldn't i couldn't settle with it because it just kept changing its tone like from from minute to minute yeah i'm the same as you i was really disappointed with this to be honest with you uh i kind of wanted more and expected more from it. I mean, the initial scene where he gets on the, you know, he, he kind of gets uh, onto the beach. You know, the movie it reminded me of. Have you seen uh, No Escape yeah. with R- Ray Liotta? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of reminded me of a mixture of that and um, Battle Royale. So they send all the criminals to an island, and the the, the criminals develop factions. So some of even some of the, if you like the. The, the well they're all criminals but then some of them have gone there for well they don't exactly say what crimes they've committed but some of them are good shall we say and some of them are just evil horrible evil people so and then they're always at, at war with each other which is essentially the same story as um no escape which i really like um martin campbell directed that who directed um GoldenEye and Casino Royale and I think it's a cracking movie which yeah, um, I, I don't think is it called Escape from Absalom or something it like that? It is yeah there's uh, there's a review of it on our website Yeah I, I, I remember you did that a while ago but I, I really like that film and I think uh, it's one of Liotta's earlier movies I think after he did uh, Goodfellas um, but the, the, you know the plot is, is essentially similar to that you know but mixed it in with a bit of Battle Royale you know and a bit of I suppose what you call ultra violence and and everything else um and so you know like you said there's minimal dialogue um initially fairly impressed what i'd say about the martial arts in it is that some of it looks good but then some of it looks really choreographed which um i couldn't get away from it didn't feel natural it felt too uh sort of like you know as if they've really sort of like rehearsed it it didn't feel like it was um uh, you know, authentic, which is one of the things I forgot to mention about the Matrix, and I've got to say because I, I've got to say it is that um, Keanu Reeves, for for as many faults as he, you know, things that he, people say about him, his acting ability, you cannot fault his uh, dedication to the stuff that he does in films mm-hmm. in terms of martial arts, because there was some of the stuff that he does in in the Matrix is incredible you know and okay yes it's choreographed but he is fucking awesome in that film like that's what i'm saying about the difference between like a um you know the sort of like martial arts that looks um natural and not choreographed like to a point where it's it's almost like you really you think well they're not fucking hurting each other do you know what i mean it doesn't it didn't feel bone crunching it didn't feel like that there was much behind it there's a bit of cg in it there as well which kind of looked a bit cheap and and whatever um 
but yeah, I'm totally with you on that. I was totally baffled about the the sort of the the tone of it. It was so weird because you're thinking, oh, this is going to be, you know, kind of like a, a really gritty movie. And then these dickheads in, are just kind of fucking about. And this one character who has got uh, a problem, he's got, you know, he thinks he's a woman or he thinks he's a man. And, you know, he's talking to a pretend character who's a female. And then they have to pretend that they're this female and kiss him on the lips like these men. And it's just like, what's going on? Yeah. This is just a bit bizarre. I'm not I'm not buying this. But then it and then it jumps in straight into a scene whereby um you're thinking someone's gonna get raped. And yeah. and then somebody's got like an arrow going right through the throat and it's yeah. And then what's going on here? And then it just and then there's scenes where later on, um the the village or the 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 camp are getting slaughtered, and the, there's a little kid getting killed, and you're thinking, "What? I'm not. This is just. I'm not with this at all." So, from my point of view, I have to say it was a disappointment, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to anybody, um, which is a shame because mm. it, you know, it's got potential, but no, uh, it, it it's too wild in its tone, and some of the action wasn't great. Um, and yeah, didn't really, didn't really do it for me. I found myself wandering quite a lot with it, you know, where my mind just wandered and I, I'm not engaged with it. So yeah. what, what about you? Did... Yeah, I was exactly the same. It never really locked me down that I was just like a hundred percent engaged with it. And there were a few good fight scenes in it, but then again, there's some that are kind of lame, but yeah, just going back to that whole main thing of just the changing the tone of just this stupid comedy to then you said you know a rape scene and violence and it's it's neither one thing nor the other i just wish the filmmakers would have decided okay let's let's make this and it just kept losing me so many times all the way through to the point where i didn't i didn't really care about what happened to anybody you know mm. i'd got i'd got no sort of empathy or any interest in the characters and it was like you know, there's one bit where, you know, the main guy that's stupid and he gets the shit beaten out of him and, yeah, fair enough, go on, yeah, kick him again. I don't care. He's, too, he's that annoying. <laughs> yeah, I think you're supposed to care for him because yeah. he sort of like almost sacrifices himself, well, doesn't yeah, he? yeah, and he changes but... his opinion. You know, you've got that, what they probably thought, oh, we've got this character arc for him where, you know, he's... He's suddenly changing his mind and, you know, he wants to help everybody there. But and it's like, no, hit him again in the face. I want to watch him bleed. I don't give a shit. <laughs> the thing that baffled me a little bit as well is because you see flashbacks of uh, the main character, like witnessing his um, family being killed by this hmm. this bad guy. But then you see if sort of, and maybe this is where I checked out a little bit, but you see um, a scene where, well, you don't see how he escapes because he's tied up when he's watching his family getting killed. And then the next thing you see is that he's set fire to the bad guy and he's sort of like, he walks away. Yeah. Because then the bad guy appears on the uh, the island and he kills a lot of people and he's bandaged up. So that explains like how, you know, so he's he's obviously burnt and everything. So he clearly survived the fire. But then it doesn't quite explain what happened as to how and why the copper got there like if you set fire to him 
and you think, well, he's dead, you know. Mm. It just, I don't know. It, 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 I, I don't know. I'm picking holes in a martial arts film, but it's, it, <laughs> you know what I mean. It just, it, it didn't. There's little things like that. You think, well, explain it a bit better. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's not difficult. Okay, you just explain it that, um, you know, why not? He leaves the copper for dead. You know what I mean? It's like he kills his family. He ki- he shoots the, the the copper, and the copper somehow miraculously survives. I mean, that's what we talked about. Headshot, didn't we? Um, uh, a, a few months ago, probably yeah. a couple of years ago. Now. Yeah, yeah, and and that's got similar story in as much as that a guy wakes up from a coma and he's a badass and he goes after the people who tried to kill him. He washes up on a beach, if I remember rightly, mm-hmm. and um and that and he goes after the people that try and and then there's loads of you know vicious action and stuff like that. Um, but it's just like little things like that, on top of the annoying characters, on top of the slightly lame action and you think nah i'm not i'm not buying this i'm not into this i'm not which is a shame because he, yeah, he's got a cool is. poster and it, <laughs> you know and, and and you think well if this is to come out in sort of like the 80s in vhs looking at the poster you think yeah i'm yeah. gonna get this oh, God, yeah. and and i probably would have thought about it maybe differently in the 80s but um but no no unfortunately I, I, it's a thumbs down for me yeah the same with me i was uh I wanted it to be so much better than it was. And it did have the potential to be a lot better, but yeah, it it really let me down. So I wouldn't, I I wouldn't recommend it to anybody either. Mm. Um, which is a shame, but never yeah, mind. It is. On, yeah. Onto your pick, which mm. you uh, selected for us to watch. You made it through everything. You probably thought you'd drop dead peacefully in your sleep. And then... This happens. Is anyone here? Hey! You think there's a cure? French movie also from 2018 and this is just rated a little bit higher on IMDb this is a 6.0 and that's from 6605 reviews the night eats the world uh, I picked it I love zombie movies I know a lot of people have you know that it's sort of uh, pun not intended overkill with you know the living dead films but I, I just always loved zombie movies so i thought let's watch this it looks quite intriguing uh so the synopsis on imdb just again it's just a one sentence synopsis and it's the morning after a party a young man wakes up to find paris invaded by zombies Uh, i will add one of the creepy things in this that i did like about it was that they got silent 
zombies, mm. which was a bit creepy. They just didn't make any noise uh, whatsoever. So, yeah, you've got this guy uh, in Paris, of course. He goes to his ex-girlfriend's apartment where she's having a party because he wants his cassettes back, his box of cassettes. Yeah. And this is set in modern-day Paris, and it's like... Is Paris still like in the 80s where everybody listens to cassettes because later on in the film uh, he's going around the apartment and he goes into another you know into another person's you know it's this big apartment building and he goes into somebody else's apartment and he's playing music and yeah he, he gets their cassettes to play yeah. and he's listening on a Walkman and he's even got in one scene he's got those remember those little headphones with the orange sponge on them and yeah. he's got them and I'm thinking I had to double check and I thought, is this supposed to be set in the 1980s? But then there's smartphones and you think, well, no, obviously it's modern day. Uh, he's got a, an iPod as well yeah. at one point. He finds an iPod, you know. I thought, what the fuck's going on with Paris and cassettes? You I know. was a, a bit initially baffled by that too. Yeah. yeah. So that's the reason he's gone to the apartment is to get his box of cassettes. And uh, he... He ends up getting hit in the face through an accidental way and he goes into this room and he sits back while the part is going on. Uh, and while he's while he's asleep, while he's passed out, a uh, well, you see him as he's walking to the room. This there's sort of little clues in a way that he see you see a woman throwing up into a toilet. Now, is she drunk or is this the start of air quotes the infection? Mm. You know, is that sort of ground zero of where it all began? So he passes out while he comes to, unbeknownst to him, uh, a, a big zombie invasion has happened. He opens the door uh, to find the walls of the apartment just covered in blood and nobody's there and he walks about. Uh, and then he sees through the window, I think it's like a first, yeah, it's a first floor apartment and he's looking out and he, he sees zombies. And from then on, it's about his struggle for survival. He thinks he's the only person left alive in the world uh, and so he he just needs to survive and that's basically the story uh, it's only a shade over an hour uh, and a half so as well uh, there's a few things about this because i when i watch a zombie movie i always put myself into their situation it's as yeah. though i'm in the film with them that's what i like about doing it uh, he never checks the television at any point mm. he never checks or puts the, the radio on puts the radio on the internet yeah. Why does he? And this got annoying. Why don't you just? Why don't you do that? Would be the be the first thing that you do. Okay, what the fuck's happened? Let me put the TV, the radio, the internet on. Let me see what's happening. He doesn't do it. Uh, he doesn't. And this is. <laughs> I'm going to get so geeky now about how to survive a zombie apocalypse. Uh, these dead bodies that are in the apartment building. He he doesn't dispose of the bodies, and later on that comes back to haunt him because, of course, they're decomposing and they start to smell. Mm -hmm. So he needs to get rid of them. So that uh, that annoyed me because I was thinking, well, the first thing I'd do again is, or one of the first things is just get rid of all the bodies, chuck them out the window, you know, because they're going to decompose and get a little bit bit messy. It mm -hmm. did make me laugh because he he does do something that I would do. So he's on this first floor apartment and he finds a paint gun in one of the other apartments. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he gets some, he loads it up with paintballs and he has a bit of fun. Uh, it reminded me very much of like Dawn of the Dead, the original yes. version. And yeah. he's there and he's just, and he's, he's even gone and he's got photographs beside him that he's got of people that lived in the apartment. 
and then he's trying to find them as they're wandering outside and he's giving them headshots with paintballs and then marking it off on the, the pictures yeah. of the people that's next to him which i thought was quite good i haven't and seen the, that before the dawn of the dead remake where they're on the roof and they're uh sniping some of the zombies and the way they're calling them out is the saying uh yeah zombie burt reynolds or something like yeah, that because one of them yeah. looks a bit like burt reynolds so <laughs> yeah that was quite cool yeah i like that i did like that bit uh he does uh at one point he i mean he does as you would i guess you know if you're the only person there and you you're by yourself and there's no explicit sort of how long time has passed but he does mark the window with x's and it does look like you're into you know i think months that he's been there eventually yeah i didn't get i mean unless it, he was marking off the months but the way unless i miscalculated it you'd think if it was weeks he'd have done seven lines yeah. but there were six there were six yeah why did he do it in six i don't get that as you i just thought well Surely, you know, if you're doing a week, you'd do seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know? know. Just doing six was so random. It didn't yeah. make any sense to me. It just made it harder to work out how long you've been there, surely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he burns. So he's got his box of cassettes and he and he burns them. And I was thinking again, well, why don't you? Because there's a load of... Because at this point, there's a load of zombies outside the apartment. Because like a dick, he starts playing the drums really loud and playing music to, yeah. to begin with. And that, I mean, he does it on purpose later on in the film to purposely attract them towards him. But at one point at the beginning, he just, oh, yeah, I'm going to play the drums and listen to music with headphones on. Never wise in that situation. You'd want, yeah. I think you'd want to be aware of of what's going your surroundings. on. Yeah, yeah. I thought that as well when he's walking around the apartment with wearing headphones, thinking, "What the fuck? Come on!" Oh. You know what I mean? That's okay. You may well think you're safe. There's no way I'd walk around with headphones on. I'd be one listening to everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would never wear headphones in that situation whatsoever. Uh, he is. I mean, I think it comes across from the beginning. He is quite an annoying character because even from the point where he storms into, you know, the party and he wants his cassettes back, he, he did, to me at least, come across as a bit of a dick to begin with. Mm. And I think he sort of perpetuated that as the movie went on. Uh, and again, fair play, you know, he was, you know, he thought he was the only person left alive and maybe he would get a little bit antsy. But then at one point of the film... Uh, there's a, you know, he thinks he hears somebody outside, you know, there's somebody outside his door. So instead of checking, because he's found like a shotgun in one of the other apartments, he just shoots at the door. And yeah, it's, it's somebody else. It's a woman that's a non-zombie who's alive that he's now shot through the door because he mm -hmm. didn't check. Another, another moment where I went, oh, you fucking dick. You know, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, it was not endearing to me in any way. I kept thinking, oh, you fucking dick. Why have you done that? Why haven't you done that? Oh, now look, you've just gone and shot her, you fucking stupid prat. Uh, there's a there's a couple of nice little twists in it that I'm not going to talk about because mm -hmm. yeah. there's, there's certain things happening. You think, oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, that kind of took me by surprise a little bit. Um, but it was... When the the zombies do eventually break into the apartment, which is no big spoiler really, because you are expecting it all the way through. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, it was one of those moments where I was like shouting at the screen at him because he just sort of stood there for far too long watching them, like running up the stairs towards him and he not sort of making any proper 
decision one way or you know or the other uh but again the, the whole thing through this was okay he can stay there for so long he's eventually going to run out of food he's going to have to move at one point uh which he does try to do uh and the film finishes a little bit ambiguous and you're going okay now i thought of something after it finished because i was thinking about this film um because i wasn't satisfied with the ending it, it did sort of leave me and this will be a bit of a pun for anybody that goes on to watch it it did leave me hanging in a way mm. because of, yeah. of, of how it was i thought was it all a dream was it you know when he goes to the apartment at the beginning and he, you know he goes to sleep and then that's when it all happens was it all a dream is it a story about him feeling is it a dream about you know because you dream and you're subconscious and how it puts things together is it about like him being lonely his his relationship with his girlfriend is finished and he feels lonely and there was everybody out there at the party and he wasn't a part of it he felt like an outcast as though mm -hmm. like they were all zombies and he was like out of it you could read the film like it was all the dream i don't know what do you think would that make any sense to you? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, I, we've kind of ripped it apart in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm still not entirely certain whether you liked it or not, and I guess you'll you'll tell me at, at the end mm -hmm. whether you would recommend it. It's one of those that <clears throat> it doesn't do anything particularly new or original if you've seen zombie films before, um, and... Um, it does focus on him quite a lot. I mean, it reminded me a little bit of 28 Days Later initially. And, you know, you quite, there's a movie called The Quiet Earth as well, which I quite liked, yeah. which is, you know, Guy finds himself. He's the only person left on the planet. And, you know, it's kind of about how he survives. He goes a little bit crazy, you know, and he's uh, the isolation drives him mad. Um, the, uh, and... You know, despite some of the the things that we've mentioned that you know he does, and you think, oh, come on, man, you, you've have you never seen a zombie film, you know? And, <laughs> um, I did quite like it, and I, th I did quite like, um, particularly one of the twists that you you mentioned. Yeah, I thought that was really well handled, um, and I don't want to say I didn't see it coming, but the way it kind of does it, I, you know, you kind of you think, okay, wow, that was that kind of took me back a little bit, um. There's some weird stuff in there, and I don't know if it is. I mean, like, I'm looking at some some of the Metacritic um, reviews, and it's got a 50 out of 10 reviews. So again, fairly average. Um, so uh, some of them, are, uh, you know, they're generally quite middling. But the majority of them, they all kind of describe it as arty or you know an art house zombie movie which you can kind of see where they're coming from and there's, there's some weird stuff there where he creates his own music like out of bottles and stuff yeah and the one thing that um i, I thought you know was he's quite resourceful in some ways like if it was me i'd have been dead within a week because like <laughs> sticking, you know there's stuff like you know he puts all the buckets and all the the bowls and all the bottles upon the rooftops to collect you know water and all yeah. that kind of stuff oh, i wouldn't have thought of that i'd have just been <laughs> I'd have, i'll run out of food within a week let's scoff it all not i wouldn't think oh let's measure out all the food to see how long i can live you know <laughs> there's no way i'd have done that i'd have been like god i'm fucking hungry let's have a snack yeah um 
so you know all that kind of stuff um and so the end of it again it did i didn't think about you know too deeply afterwards i just kind of when it ended it ended for me and and, but and i did kind of think oh you know it was like that Mm, kind of like when it finished because i thought god there can't be much longer left and then it just kind of that's it and you're like oh okay um Kay would have hated that. She she needs a, <laughs> she needs a beginning, middle, and an end. Yeah. And so the way that it leaves it f- sort of like finished, you think, okay. Um, but saying all of that, and maybe it's because I'd watched uh, Revenger the night before, um, so, so I was kind of like on a bit of a low from that. Um, I did quite like it, uh, despite a lot of its failings and faults and everything else that we've mentioned um yeah i think i I would come away recommending it just to check it out for for people to check out um so yeah i i didn't love it and i you know i I didn't hate it either but it's not enough for me to say it was above slightly above average which i think falls in line with its sort of rating on imdb of six yeah you know it's it's sort of a um yeah I, I did quite like it and there was a few scenes in there like part- particularly sort of like um early on you know when he's in the apartment and uh all of a sudden like you know something happens which makes him it forces him to explore the rest of the apartments and everything else and then he discovers a couple of dead people and you know then what he does with those bodies and and everything else I quite like that um you know and it's not there's a bit of gore in it not it's not gratuitous though uh i don't think it's um yeah i quite liked it i did quite like it um i'm intrigued to hear uh, i don't know it sounds as if you kind of you didn't like it at all but then i'm not sure which way you're gonna go with it no as much as you know i did sort of pick it apart when i was talking about it that's because i was engaged with it unlike revenger where you know where i said that was just you know it just sort of flowed over me and it just didn't care about anybody in it uh like good zombie movies like i said you know be the beginning of this one i always like to put myself in that situation and this put me in this world and kept me in that world while i was mm-hmm. watching it and that's why it was you know that's why i started with oh my god i would have done this and i would have done that and that's because i was really engaged with it uh even to the bits you know it did some bits did draw out a little bit like you said the way he was creating music and so on um but I guess it's something, you know, that's what you'd be doing when you were there and you've just got to entertain yourself. It's the uh, isolation, isn't it? Yeah. isn't it? You know, you just think, OK, well, what would you do if you were on your own 24-7 and, you, you know, eventually the power uh, runs out? So you've got to try and keep yourself occupied, otherwise yeah. you're just going to go mental, aren't you? You're locked yeah. inside a prison, essentially, aren't you? Well, that's it. Yeah. And all you've got, and we haven't mentioned yet, where there's this... Uh, this old guy zombie trapped in a lift that he sits next to quite often and just talks to the zombie who of course can't talk anything back because you know the silent zombies they make no sound whatsoever and he is he is going like slowly just mad you mm-hmm. know, as the movie progresses but yeah i was i was sort of nitpicking it in a way because i was i was it really drew me into the world and i was thinking oh my god yeah, i'm in that apartment building and yeah, that's good. I'd do that, but why are you doing that? Why are you not doing this? And yeah, it's not—it's not the best zombie film that's out there. And 
but I'm, like you may you know i i didn't dislike it and it is um it's it's not bad it's not great and it is again a perfect six i think it's you know it's a little bit above average that i think especially for fans of zombie movies I'd, I'd give it a go it is mm. you know there's, there's something a little bit different in there i think you're really hard pushed to do something different within that genre nowadays you know virtually everything has been done and you think okay what you know what can you do uh so yeah i i did enjoy it i did enjoy it definitely the the tapes side of it and but before i get onto that is that oh, it's nice to see a, a movie set in paris like a zombie movie that was quite cool hmm. um but the, the tapes um, I took away that he went to get his tapes and initially, yes, I was a little bit baffled as to why he was after tapes. What, you, know, you think it, it's set in modern day. But then when he, he would listen to them and mm. there would be references to him as a child. Yeah. And he got, he got quite upset by that, which then I think led to him burning the tapes. But then unless I missed something, that's never properly, properly explained. I mean, he, he refers to his mom in the movie because i think there's a scene in it quite, quite early on where he phones you know his mom uh and somebody else and you know to see if they're alive or at least i think they did because that wasn't explicitly so like because he's on the phone or he's listening you know he's he's listening to a, a recorded message and then he's crying and i'm thinking well that's a bit of an emotional uh, outburst just listening to somebody's voicemail like a random because he picks yeah. up phones from people who, who've left their coats in the bedroom and stuff doesn't he yeah so but then i kind of picked out that i thought well maybe he phoned his mom um but you don't hear a conversation you just hear the phone go to a voicemail or him listening to a voicemail that she's left maybe i read too much into that i don't know but then because i don't think he actually mentions his dad does he like no um, i can remember now but then you hear um, what would be his dad's voice on one of these tapes saying, uh, you need to come with me now. But that is never really explained properly at all. And so you kind of left hanging a little bit as to why he wanted these tapes so desperately. Um, and then there's stuff on there that referred to him as a child. Maybe it's just something he, you know, he, he, he loved. He made these little tapes when he was a kid. Obviously he's made music as he's, yeah, you know, as he's gotten older, so maybe it's just part of his childhood that meant something to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I I quite liked it, um, and uh, I would give it a thumbs up. I did, I did, I would recommend it. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it is, you know, a relatively low budget French film uh, that was made in English to try and give it a wider audience. And I do, I think it deserves to get a wider audience, and you know, people should give it a go. Awesome. There you go. Yeah. Right, shall we take another quick bake? Bake, bake, bake. bake. Shall we? Shall we bake a cake and come back for the, <laughs> for the end of the show? <laughs> Why not? Now, some of these are limited. Whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? Um, I think it was Blue Monday. Man, there was an original presser. Oh, fuck's sake. Hmm. Purple rain. Oh, sign of the time. Definitely not. The Batman soundtrack. Throw it. <sighs> Straight. Throw it. <laughs> oh! Um, oh, Stone Roses. Uh, no. Same coming. I like it. Oh, Sade. That's Liz's. Yeah, but she did dump you. Oh. Oh, up this. I'm going to the shed. Right then, mate. A little bit. We've had a little bit of feedback about the, uh, the last entertainment show. 
Have we? Yeah, we had a very nice tweet the other day from at Abobast, Paul Kavanagh on Twitter. Oh, um, yes. And yeah. he said, as a long-time TS Coin listener, brackets mourner, uh, we should explain for anybody that doesn't know that TS Coin, the same coin, the podcast that you, Ben, Adam, Ditz were on, that you know, mm-hmm. you began in 2012. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as a long-time TS Coin listener, brackets mourner, I listened to my first 60 Minutes with Entertainment show this weekend, and I'm blown away. Ooh. Ooh. So entertaining and a very similar style to TS Coin, just less farts. Uh, <laughs> subscribing today and really looking forward to the next ABC. So that's very good. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and we had Postman Gav, uh, competition winner, Postman Gav, as he's now known, uh, who left us a message on our Reddit uh, under the uh, the episode, the last entertainment episode, and he just said, "Love the entertainment shows." Aww, oh, that's, that's really good. Hmm. Uh, it's always nice to get lovely feedback like that, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, and especially the Reddit, you know, more people, you know, if could start leaving us just any feedback, comments, questions, anything on there, that's a really good way because all it is is really just posts for each individual episode so you can leave specific feedback for each show. It's just easier to find. You know when you're trying to scroll through Twitter or something and you, mm. stuff just gets lost, you know, in the mess of messages unless you write it down or screenshot it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Reddit's the, a really good way that you just find stuff so easily. Just go to each post for each individual episode. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, while I'm mentioning that, I might as well just go through everything, which is the website, 60minuteswith.co.uk. Uh, contact us, form on there. Email is direct, contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. Twitter, uh, where... All of the competitions are, or not necessarily all, if I get 10 emails uh, from this show. Uh, Instagram, that's yeah, that's been following poor podcast mascot Bodhi and his cone of shame, as well as all the other stuff. Reddit, look for uh, 60 Minutes with Podcast uh, on there. Yeah, I think that, that's the main things, if I remember rightly. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. It's been a it's been a good show. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's been. I'm just looking at the length, mate. It's, it's quite oh. a bit of length to this one, isn't yeah. it? Length. A bit of girth as oh, well. Length and girth. We're giving it both on this one. Jeez. <laughs> and there's more to come if people keep listening. Uh, yeah, this may be uh, the end of me and you sat here, but yeah, there's uh, there's a little bit more at the end of the show. Like we yeah, like we teased at the beginning. Mm. Mm. And there's plans afoot um, that Adam and I have got some plans to do some stuff. Uh, I haven't actually told all to told you all about this yet, but uh, it will. What it will mean is more shows, um, but a little bit shorter in length, um, and it will focus on movies and video games, um, but separately. So. So, yeah, that's something going forward, which I'm excited about. More free entertainment. How about mm-hmm. that? Can't go wrong yeah. with that, really. Can yeah. You? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, yeah, so maybe by the time people listen to this, uh, that Will Tour page might be up. So you could help us out with that if you want to take some pictures and uh, get some pins on the on the world map. That's always quite fun. And see where, uh, you know, the business card ends up which mm. nice. yeah right shall we bugger off now and uh let let people listen to uh oh my god it seems weird saying it me you and jerry in the same room yes in 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 the 
in the bedroom. Oh, I'm, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking just to my side now on the bed where the three of us sat, with uh, with Jerry sandwiched between us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always remember that. Oh, unforgettable, mate. Unforgettable. Yeah. All right. Great talking to you as always, mate. And yes. uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we give some good recommendations for people again. Mm, definitely. Mm. Yes. And I'm looking forward to to getting on to that ITV7. Hopefully winning some money. Well, after we finish now, I will WhatsApp you the code. You can join the league because we're recording. Uh, oh, my God, it's 10 to 11 on a Friday night now. I think the next one where you can win £50,000. Mm. Uh, I think you have to pick your seven horses. I think it's like about by midday tomorrow. So uh, yeah, get it, get it all done. Pick your seven horses before then, and I'll send you the league details. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed, one or more of us will win some money from it for free. And in the meantime, we can just have a bit of a laugh with the league position things and give each other shit online. Awesome. Yeah. All right, then, mate. And uh, right. yeah, thank you everybody for listening. And we will be back with another entertainment show and lots more shows very soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yes, cinematic Viagra mm-hmm. in the form of Sylvester Stallone. I think I am going to go and watch that at the cinema because I've never actually seen a Rambo movie oh, at the cinema. You didn't see the last one in the cinema? Man. No, oh my God. no. Um, funnily, weirdly enough, uh, well, it's not really weird, but uh, I should say this in the podcast, really, shouldn't I? Uh, I? When we were in Las Vegas for our honeymoon, they were holding the premiere of Rambo and because there was like loads. I can't remember. I think it was probably Planet Hollywood. There's a Planet Hollywood hotel there. And um, yeah, so and I think Sly was going to be there, but it was going to take place after we'd already left. So, yeah, but there was loads of sort of like, you know, posters and everything else up for it. So, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing loads of TV spots on American TV, you know, when it was coming out. I thought for a minute then you were going to say that you ditched your new wife to stay behind to meet Sly at the Rambo premiere. Yeah. Uh, well, that would have been kind of cool, wouldn't it? But uh, well, saying that though, I did uh, convince her to go and watch um, a, a, a female strip show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So because, um, like, you know, you walk around. There's loads of shows on in Las Vegas, obviously, um, and there's loads of sort of like you know nudie shows and all yeah. that. So. Um, it was called Fantasy, and I think it's still going. Uh, I forget which hotel it was in now. Might have been the MGM. But anyway, we were walking around, and you know, we're in Vegas, thinking we're only here for three days. You know, let's let's do something. Well, she was eyeing up the posters for The Thunder from Down Under, uh, and and sort of like I was like, I ain't watching that shit. So I was like, <laughs> let's go and watch this one. It looks amazing, and it's you know, it's basically a load of dancers. Um, doing striptease and stuff like that you know it was all very artfully done it wasn't just you know cheap and tacky yeah uh, not like you go non-firing like ping pong balls out of a fanny or something there's nothing like that you know it wasn't sort of like you know the stuff you go you see at your local working men's club kind of thing yeah it, it was um it was all very artfully done i even 
bought because as you left they had like a you know a merchandise stand so i bought a calendar uh some key rings <laughs> postcards and i even had my picture taken with them Did so you? yeah i'll have to find it and i can forward it to you and maybe if you can put it on the podcast notes so you can see what if yeah obviously this gets into the show um so, you know the picture of me with these scantily clad ladies Did it was have, awesome was it boob, was it like proper boobs out then um, no, uh, where the pictures that I had taken with them, they were sort of semi-clothed. I'd say they had like bikinis on or yeah. you know bras, um, so and you know hot pants. Uh, I love hot pants. Anyway, they uh, yeah they had um, all that gear on and a, and a, a, a denim jacket just to cover some of their modesty. Yeah. I guess. It's not like I'd just seen them with their tits and fanny out, you know, sort of like 10 minutes before I was having a picture taken with them. It was <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Imagine that on your honeymoon, having something, doing something like that. No, so, bloody hell. Hmm. I've, got a picture, I've got a picture with me with a with a stripper who was also a porn star as well. <gasps> yeah, it was. I think it was my first ever uh, trip to Canada. A mate of mine emigrated to Canada when he was uh, 17. So I went over there. Yeah, it would be. I'd be 20, 21. So it'd be 1986. Mm. And yeah, he took me to, and this was like a seedy strip joint. <laughs> he took me there. And um, yeah, this porn star. Oh my God, I forget her name. Oh, you've got to see, go and find out what her name was. Yeah, I'll have a look. She signed, obviously, she signed it. I think it's P Portia Lynn springs to mind, but I could be mistaken. I'd have to get the picture out. It's a Polaroid that I've got. And she signed it. And she got like silicon fake tits. So the photograph is of her stark bollock naked. Well, stark fanny naked, I should say. With me stood behind her, um, holding onto her fake tits. <laughs> and then she signed the Polaroid. Uh, oh, you, I think it's something like you, you British guys have the coldest hands or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah if yeah yeah if i if i put that one on as well on the podcast notes for this i might i might have to censor it because it's uh yeah you do see everything on there oh dear okay mm. well actually i've looked her up and believe it or not she's older than you no she's, way yeah she's 57 oh my god born on valentine's day oh Oh, I've held her boobs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You, well, I know you're not the only one. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, I'm just having a little look here. She appeared in about 170 adult films. Holy shit. And uh, she's a member of the um, Hall of Fame, the AVN, Adult Video. What's that? Adult Video News, I guess. Okay, just, uh, new, no, I don't know. Uh, just give me one second. It's all right. I've just been um, told that I'm doing unicorn rides on the 26th of... Um, now, of pl please tell me you're going to be on all fours with, like, some sparkly horn attached to you. And, well, you, and you will be the unicorn. That, uh, yeah, I've just... It's, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Just be yes. I've just been shown a picture of uh, oh unicorn rides. Who the fuck knows? That's, it's just... that's a bit of a that's a bit of a change from you looking at porn. <laughs> porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny, weirdly enough, um, I, I mean, I'm assuming she didn't notice because there's a picture of this <laughs> this. Um, I was going to call her Vera Lynn. Then that's not right. Is it? <laughs> Naked Vera Lynn. Is that what you've been talking oh, to Google? Uh, yeah, um, Portia Lynn. There was a picture of her on the screen, but anyway. 
Let's have a look at images. She was all right back in the day, wasn't she? I think she was... Uh... Yeah, so if, she, if she's, what, three years older than me, so I was 20, so yeah, she'd be 24 when I met her. Yeah, she's she's got the big hair anyway. Well, she did she did have the the mm. big hair back then. Yeah, big boobs too. Big false boobs. Mm. There's, uh, there's one of her films. Um, Portia Lynn screws the stars. <laughs> That's uh, uh, the girl with the mi- millions legs, million dollar legs. I think that is yeah. <laughs> uh, the big thrill. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, was she got she got long legs? Was she tall? Because there seems to be lots of ones focusing on legs. There's another one called Leg Show. Yeah, I think she was. I mean, I'm what six foot, or I was if I'm shrinking now. But um, yeah, I think she was like a similar height. Oh, yeah. I will. I'll um, I'll take out the photograph. Yeah, and so will I. I'll see if I can find the photo of me yeah. with those lovely ladies. Oh, if ever there was an excuse. Um, like I say, you know, hopefully this will make the outtakes and for anybody to visit the uh, the podcast notes on the website. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Have we actually started? Right. I'll insert something. Ooh. Ooh, uh. Ooh, uh, any excuse to insert something? Into, into porcelain. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Between the I have, their boobs are like so hard, though. It, it, it was like honestly mate it was like holding two watermelons there was mm. no giving it this the skin was like so tight on them but it wasn't the only thing that was hard it was hard and tight and the skin stretched right across <laughs> <laughs> so chris we just finished recording the entertainment show mm-hmm. so how the fuck did you get into this room like in just a couple of minutes from near to wolverhampton to north wales I think Tina cast a spell, perhaps, and magicked me into her bedroom. I know she's wanted to do that for a long time. She keeps thinking about touching me inappropriately. and She has got more than one magic wand. So. She has, and I've been to your house before, and there's a lot of sort of like occult-looking stuff in there. There's a lot of Hellraiser stuff, obviously, and weird shit, let's be honest. Mm. So, yeah, it's... I don't know how the hell this has happened, but um, yeah, I can hear a clawing at the door. I think trying to get in, and I think yeah. I know why. I think the spell went a bit wrong because I, I think she wanted some sort of sandwich, um, <laughs> or to be sandwiched. <laughs> a Dave and Chris sandwich. Yeah, but it's ended up that we're the bread in a in a podcast sandwich because holy shit, who sat in the middle of us? Hello, who are hello, you? hello, everybody. Jerry from the Bear Cop Show. all together i never thought this would happen isn't it weird yeah yeah so so let's do the genesis last year in october Mm -hmm. and this is after we took the show down last year in october you came over to america yeah yeah yeah. and you did your football tour yeah you spent a few days with us in pennsylvania Mm -hmm. which was really good we took you shooting. Oh, yes. Dave had a boner for a day and a half from firing guns. <laughs> what were you shooting? I wouldn't know. I was, oh. Oh, well, apart from my loads at the excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I had to keep scraping the back of my head. <laughs> so Dave came over, and uh, Connie and I made this plan shortly after that to come here. And we've been here uh, seven days, and, and we hate this fucking country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I 
That's not true. We don't hate it. It's a nice country. It's beautiful. The people are nice, except in London. They're shitheads. <laughs> it's the truth. Much friendlier Oop North. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, everybody uh, uh, everybody greeted in London. You try to be a nice guy. Mm, Say yeah. hello to people. Everybody's staring at their fucking shoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or trying to stab you or pushing you know, past you. And... I'm okay with a good stabbing now and again. <laughs> Keep you on your toes. <laughs> For me, I have to say this is particularly strange and surreal because I remember once getting um, a phone call from Jerry um, when I was sat on the toilet in the U he was in America, obviously <laughs> I was in the UK, saying, "Do you mind if we use a recording that you sent to me or a voice message you sent on WhatsApp?" Sort of, uh, I can't remember what it was about now, but it was just I think you used it and it was yeah, yeah, and I was just. Thinking, what the fuck is going on? I'm I'm talking to Jerry from the Bad Cop Show, and now I'm sat next to him. <laughs> this is kind of, and he's touching my knee. Oh, spindly little knee. My, Jesus Christ! My knobbly knee. I did talk about my knobbly knees on the last entertainment. God show. damn, dude! You gotta put some meat on. I know. You. What I know. the fuck? <laughs> I have meat elsewhere. But... <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> but yeah, this is cool. This is kind of weird, but cool. Yeah, very. So, yeah. And I think um, you've got some news, some podcasting news. Is this right? After Because I know people have asked us on more than one occasion, where's the Bad Cup show? It's disappeared. What's going on? It disappeared because I had some shit happen. Nothing, nothing bad. But uh, I'll be able to divulge it. And uh, the show's coming back. Woo! I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping by August. Because the hard part is getting that fat-ass Dave to get his <laughs> shit together and get over and, and actually do a show. He's he's hard to get motivated. Hmm. But once you get him motivated, he's in. What motivates him? Food. <laughs> Ooh, Food and pussy. <laughs> well, I'm hoping for updates. Is he going to be back on a diet? Because I know that was a big thing for yeah. him. He's on a diet every couple of weeks. You, you know, it became a joke after a while, after like the third time we did the Dave Weight Loss Saga, and, and, and we had theme songs for him and shit. And um, it, it became a joke. So, so how many times can we go to that well? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be Dear Jerry returning? We're going to bring back Dear Jerry. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Dear Jerry is too much fun. Yeah, no, that is wicked. Because I know that we like pushed quite a lot of listeners, didn't we, through Twitter and stuff you like that? You did. You yeah. absolutely did. Bad cop, bad cop, and uh, you guys were massive, weren't you? Like in downloads and all sorts. Remember, we weren't massive in downloads, but thanks to you guys, like twenty-five percent of our downloads did come from the UK. Cool. That's good. I know there's going to be a lot of people very happy. Mm -hmm. Us included. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited to get started again. I just got to get fat ass moving. <laughs> <laughs> He'll hear this. He'll kill me. Yeah, he will do. So what's it? You, you're going back to America in two days? Two days. Go back record? Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh, I, the great thing is, it's like a two hour and 45 minute flight. Yeah. With the time change. Time change. Yeah. You don't know about the time change. I don't know about Shit. time change. Damn it. I slept through the whole flight here. <laughs> I hope you got some good rants about the UK. I got some good rants about tonight. Dinner at your house. <laughs> right. Shall we're we ready to go. We're primed. Mm. Good. Shall we go back downstairs and have another drink then? I think we should. Yeah. Sounds necessary because 
even if we don't do that, I do need to pee. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I'm sure you don't want that on air. <laughs> or maybe you do. No, no, I'm good with that. <laughs> to be fair, Give me we, a portable we, mic. We have done that before. <laughs> you have. Yeah, have yeah. <laughs> Peeing in a bottle. Yeah. yeah. So before that happens, we've caught this magic moment on audio. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, let's go and take a picture and, and let everybody know what we've done. Yeah. Thank you for suggestion, suggesting this. I, I might be a little drunk. From one drink. How pathetic. <laughs> Thanks for suggesting it. That's all right. And we can always have this this moment when you were the, the filling in our sandwich. Yes. <laughs> Tune in when we get back. Dave yeah. will let you know. Okay. Say bye-bye, Jerry. Bye-bye, Jerry. <laughs>